0: Oh, and where's my tea, water, assortment of beverages. Water.
1: I'm going to drink some water.
0: Hello, everyone.
1: Hi there. Welcome to the podcast of the nerds. I'm Ian. And my name is Jack. And yes,
0: do I still count as Ian without the beard? Isn't that weird? I never really thought about that before. I just cut off part of me... Mm-hmm.
1: And threw it in the garbage, isn't it? It's technically dead skin hair, is right? Is it? It's, it's, I, th- I think so. I Thought, I thought it was like
0: concentrated protein or something.
1: Oh, it's related to skin, isn't it? I, I, I don't know. It's got that stuff. Um, is it creatine or something Which like that? Which ra-
0: raises the question: If it's concentrated protein, do vegetarians have bad hair? <laughs> Ooh, you are brave saying that. Oh my god! So. Usually, yeah. I wear have a beard because, like, when there's nothing up here, there's nothing here. It's just too much.
1: I always get um so used to you with the beard that like when when this morning like when I saw you from the first time that this morning I'm like, holy hell, you Ian doesn't have a beard, and it's always so you know, you don't look bad, or, but by any means, no, it's just it's, so it's like, different.
0: yeah, it's it's like ten years difference off the face.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You look considerably young, younger.
0: Yeah. Uh, which is fine. I mean, I don't really care uh, about that side of things one way or another. It's just so bright. God, I am a pasty, bright man. The, <laughs> That's the, true. The you beard is be... shading, so I'm less reflective.
1: Yeah, yeah. You're reflecting <laughs> just... a lot more light than you usually do. <laughs> That's... You're like... You're the you're the moon of my life, Ian.
0: I'm your well. You're my sun and stars. No, you're my moon and yeah, stars. You're sun
1: and stars. Oh! You did it, sun and stars. I did a reference. You're a real Game of Thrones now. What are you drinking? Um, just water again in my Hydro flask. Again, not a sponsor. Not a sponsor, but, but
0: but we would. I'm drinking jasmine yes. tea today. I've, I uh, started with the orange mandarin. That's uh, cinnamon spice, which I think is currently my favorite. Jasmine smells delicious. It's the best smelling tea that exists, but it tastes like actually picking flowers and eating them.
1: (laughs) That doesn't sound very... It's not very good. No. You know,
0: a lot of times flowers smell amazing. Mm. Yeah. But then, uh, but but most things that smell like flowers taste terrible, like air fresheners and stuff.
1: Yeah, well, I've never eaten a flower or an air freshener. I've eaten, but, no, um, I've
0: eaten a dandelion or two in my time.
1: Oh, actually, I think when I was a kid, I might have done some, something stupid and stuck something in my mouth I shouldn't have. Oh, <laughs> some somebody click click that, huh?
0: <laughs> uh, today um, on the podcast.
1: <laughs> uh. We will be going through uh, our, our list of shame films and what, be, what we've been uh, watching. Yeah,
0: so uh, why we, didn't we do a podcast last week? Oh, I was wrecked. Um, That's right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so uh, last Saturday, a week ago from Saturday, um, I did the Patreon hangout for Restless, and I published uh, Fool for Love after uh editing for like 30 hours in two or three days cuz at the end I'm so fed up with the how long the script process took me that I'm just like let's edit come on just yeah. just edit just get it, rip it off just get it done and so I got that up Saturday when I'll talk a little bit about fool for love I like to do a little mm-hmm. post op conversation on this podcast after I publish a video but um, Sunday, I was just kind of buzzed. And then Monday, it was like I face-planted into a wall.
1: Yeah, you crashed hard. Yeah,
0: and I had some friends yeah. come over Sunday night. We did, like, um, Ryan, who has appeared on this podcast, my friend Carl. um, And we sat out back. We did the social distancing thing and all of that. But Monday, I, j- I felt sick. I felt like uh Mm. just worn out broken down uh like a little sniffly or whatever so i was afraid that one of us had either given it to each other or gotten it from each other or whatever it was um it turns out (laughs) i was just wrecked just burned myself out uh the last week or two of it's so high i'm so high stress jack jack uh, really yes (laughs) I'm becoming. I couldn't
1: uh, tell. I didn't I, know that. I don't know if not, I've mentioned this all. before,
0: but That's I'm a little. information. I'm a little annoyed. Sorry. At, no, you're good. I'm a little annoyed at uh, how often the words the word unclench applies to an emotional state that I happen to be uh, in because I'm so Fair, tense yeah. all the time. Um, yeah. And uh, partially, this has been a consequence of quitting drinking. One of the go-to ways in the past, I don't know, 10 years that I I started to use as a way of unwinding is alcohol. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, I'm doing the work with, like, finding healthier replacement beverages. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to try and quit ice cream until the pandemic is done. Yeah. Yeah. Because I figure one thing at a time, but just in general, I really struggle to unwind.
1: Mm. But yeah, I understand um, with what you said before. Because like every time I get a scratchy throat or a sniffle, I'm like, oh! Yeah, is it? Is it time? Is it finally my time? Uh oh. Yeah, um, it's scary. It'll be nice
0: when it's just when you just think it's the flu again. Yeah, and the thing yeah, is, nice. flu season is coming. So what's that? Is that going to be like super flu
1: season? Like, well, what are we... I mean,
0: people are going to get sick, and they're going to be thinking they have COVID, and they just
1: have a cold. Yeah. You know. I wonder if COVID will get worse. No, no, yeah. no. Stop it. Stop it. Do not go down that road. Right. No. So I'm stopping that mental track. Yeah,
0: we're 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 supposed to be your source of positivity, uh, yeah. or at least not that. Uh, but anyway. Um, Monday when we were supposed to record, I crashed. Mm-hmm. Um, I slept so most of the day. Uh, got up. I, I think I slept 17 hours uh, that day. Whoa. Uh, yeah, I mean, cumulatively with the night before, yeah, yeah, all of that, but like during the, mm-hmm. the day of. Um, and I was just not, it wouldn't have been a good recording. Maybe we get to a point but- where you do a solo podcast without me
1: that sounds terrifying let's do it
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah be a good time
1: um that, it's funny i've i don't think i've ever slept 17 hours in my life like when i when i was a teenager i could do a solid 12 maybe maybe but they, these days i'm a terrible a terrible sleep sleeper i um i inherit i inherit that from my uh mother i think but um Funnily enough, since the type two diabetes diagnosis, and I've changed my uh, diet, I've been sleeping a lot better. I, because um, when I get into bed, I usually watch um something on my phone or my laptop or whatever. But um, and, until I'm tired, tired enough to uh, sleep, I've been watching Myth- Mythbusters as of late. It's uh, been been fun to re- revisit that. But um. I typically, like, like when I switch everything off and close um, my eyes, I seem to fall asleep, like, pretty quickly, rather than laying there frustratingly for, like, an hour.
0: It's funny, uh, since I quit drinking, my sleep has gotten mm-hmm. dramatically better. I, I still struggle to fall asleep, because that's part of the unwinding thing. Yeah, um, that's
1: the thing I used to struggle with, but I seem to be doing okay right, right now, It's wood.
0: Yeah. So, uh, we're going to do what we've been watching. A uh, mm-hmm. little bit with the listener comments. Mm-hmm. And then uh, follow that up with the fanfic reading. Here is gone Terry Boat, I believe we're on chapter 29.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Ian, what have you been up to since last uh, we met? Well,
0: okay. So, I finished the Fool for Love video. Uh, it was an absolute bear of a script. And as is ever the case, uh, it was, I felt like it was a bear because I made it a bear? But... You made a bear! Maybe that's a, um, maybe that's a, I mean, maybe that's just inevitable when you're, uh, writing sh- recording editing and doing something yourself if something's going to be a challenge it's because you made it a challenge or whatever mm. um so that's a little bit weird but um fool for love is a one of the handful of transcendent episodes in the series where it's a big deal it's a very big deal it's a better episode than the show i would say yeah, I, like, watching
1: it recently, it's like, um, the way it's shot, it's pretty much the most in, interestingly shot uh, yeah. episode in, in the entire series. Um,
0: the, you know, when you think about it, when I say it's better than the show, what I mean by that is, like, the show has sort of a, a um, what is it called, the hump graph, the... The show has a range uh, uh, in terms of average quality and most of the okay. it, where you see most of the episodes sort of fall somewhere in the middle some are way mm-hmm. worse uh, a few are way better and then there's one or two or three episodes that just break the graph completely and in, right. in my and mind though yeah in my mind this is one of them um the body is one of them mm-hmm. um the gift the gift probably is one of them mm. the gift is amazing but that's almost like um. the best
1: buffy prophecy episode? girl as well prophecy girl yeah. definitely up, up there um oh, com- conversations conversations with converse- yeah
0: people. yeah like like yeah. where they sort of i don't know the transcendent episodes the ones that 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 i don't know i think are better than the genre that the show plays around in in star Trek: the next generation that's your inner light episodes um you know uh uh i don't know i think a lot of the data episodes are are kind of break the the boundary of the show so there's that the last one that i can remember hush hush is uh, another once more with feeling there we go those are the ones i i was yeah. sort of blocked up um the last one of those i reviewed was hush and i didn't end up feeling satisfied with uh the video I haven't done an edit stream in a little while and I know the community really enjoy those, um, which I love, uh, um, but I also feel like, I don't know if editing offline for me is better for the quality of the video editing in a stream Mm -hmm. is better for keeping me in the seat and editing and doing the work and so forth. Yeah. but i almost feel like um editing offline allow like if i'm editing online i'm also paying attention to chat i'm sort of mm-hmm. doing yeah. that one part moderator yes yeah. you know two parts editor thing where
1: i um personally i feel as though this video should have been done offline simply because i don't think it should have been spoiled for anyone like well, that intro holy crap like I don't think anyone should have, should have known that and that, that intro was cu- coming. It's so funny, it was so good. I
0: keep forgetting about the in, that the intro exists. Yeah, the uh, the Buffy versus Dracula intro I have been thinking about since season two or three. Right. Uh, the Downy Woods are dark and deep, but I have promises to keep. Um yeah. Because of the reference to faith, that poem to me is yeah. about death and or suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's so interesting how it fits into season five. This time I was just like. What would be a good intro for this yeah. video? And I was like, "Well, it's Mike centric it Why don't I read his poem?" Yeah, but it came and together. It
1: also, yeah. Oh, it came came together really well. But um, it was also it was also one of the first pieces of the video that you edited because you you showed me that that intro a good three or four four days before you actually finished the the uh, the, the video itself.
0: Well, the writing process took a month. Which is so frustrating to me to say that out loud, but uh, the it is what it is. I think the quality,
1: yeah, I- I mean, is
0: in there. Um,
1: you do get some com- complaints, of course, by uh, about uh, how long you uh, take. But yeah. quality takes time. Well, and you the tr- the trick you, with you
0: those force it. the trick with those complaints is always that. Um, The, if you're trying to do anything online, the, uh, comments that will bother you the most are the ones that you actually secretly are worried are true, but someone else who comes along and calls me, you know, um, a soy boy college indoctrinated cuck, I'm like, okay, (laughs) you know, but the people who are like, there's been so few videos this year. I'm like, Oh, that, that kills me. Um, because, you know, because it's bothering me, but, um, so, so that was the first thing. The video is, uh, is a biggin'. And then the other thing that I found was kind of, uh, I was struggling with was that Guys Will Be Guys is a kind of pretty good episode. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a fun, if slightly forgettable episode from Angel's early season two run and I found some connections and made a video that I ended up being pretty proud
1: of. Yeah, I mean, I that episode, like I, have never disliked it or or anything, but but you elevated it to something much more than I thought it was. But yeah, so uh, to do that th-
0: to do that before a video where the expectations are really high, hmm. I, I just stressed myself out hor- okay. horribly. Where I was like, well, this one's got to be amazing. Um, mm-hmm. so uh, writing challenges within the video death is a huge topic and how to cover death without giving anything away in the gift so the question of um, we've already had um, the idea of death ra- uh, in relation to the Slayer role raised in Restless mm-hmm. um, okay killer you're on your own and um, uh, The first Slayer saying that the Slayer, you know is it, not that the Slayer is nothing but a killer I can't remember the the exact language of that, but then um, Dracula says that um, You're a hunter you're just like us which is uh, a reference to where her power comes from and her being a just a killer mm-hmm. and um, um, So there have been hints all along the way, but then um Spike saying death is your art and saying that she has a death wish is the first hint, First, um, other than sort of faith dreams and stuff like that, is a major mm-hmm. piece of foreshadowing to how the season ends.
1: Right, yeah.
0: So I got a little bogged down in, well, if I have to avoid all of that, um, what do I talk about?
1: Yeah, that and that's really tri- tricky, That that is. That's di- difficult.
0: Yeah. It's a, it's in Episode 7. So, Episode 7s are loaded with um, stuff about the entire season. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing I keep thinking about in terms of death and the gift is I keep uh, coming back to how challenging that one is going to be to talk about. Mm-hmm. I've always understood the metaphor as in uh, what Dawn and Glory represent as halves of Buffy's identity. Um, and, I mean, always understood, I'll say. Uh, I read Mark's book and understood what the two halves of the... I'm, I'm not make myself sound smarter than uh, that. But, um, in light of Fool for Love and in the shadow of her speech where she says, I don't know how to live in this world. If these are the choices, if everything just gets stripped away, I don't see the point. Mm-hmm. But her sacrifice at the end, while I understand it metaphorically, has an air of suicide to it. Of um, Yeah. Uh, and so discussing that, especially the way I discuss things, is going to be challenging. And... Right. In this episode, I always thought that it's not just what she says, it's what Spike says. If you take Spike at his word that every Slayer has a death wish, mm-hmm. then it implies that her ch- uh,
1: choice in the end of that had a, oh. a an air of suicide to it. There was an element of screw this, I'm done. Right. See you later. Right. Yeah. Right. And she had okay. checked out the episode before hmm. and gone into a catatonic right. state which is sort yeah. of like the, uh, um, um i mean it's very much state played of offers um a sacrifice for the world and for for dawn but at the same same time there's yeah there's definitely an air of that now you've mentioned it
0: yeah and um one of camu's three choices yeah uh in terms of approach to life faith choice um I mean, essentially, choice is what I've summarized it as, and suicide—the yeah. yeah. the choice it's of whether or not to suicide. take one's own life—amounts be- to the fundamental question of philosophy, which is why it's in this season. And mm. Whedon kind of subverted the idea and turned it on it a- turned it on its head. But it would be easy to mishandle the discussion, um, and I think the way that I write these episode guides too to mishandle that would be bad Um, uh, in the sort of emotional, heavy-handed... I wouldn't say it's heavy-handed, but uh, sometimes heavy-handed, but uh, um, a high-emotion kind of way that I do. Anyway, and then there's the usual pandemic and family uh, nonsense that was slowed down my process um, Mm -hmm. on this one. I realize my writing comes from a very
1: emotional place, even when I... You've, you've only just noticed that, yeah, <laughs> buddy. I I noticed that before I even met you. <laughs> I see, like the conclusions. Sorry, I just
0: dropped a USB hub. I'm just checking my audio. Audio seems fine. The conclusions very clearly come from uh, an emotional place, but the I, I I'm just sort of coming to understand that all the words come from an emotional place the uh, you know the whatever area that is that I'm writing from uh, with an episode guide is um, requires battery power Um, and being absolutely used up by emotional events outside of work whether that's the pandemic or family or whatever it was absolutely destroys uh, my ability to focus and makes it very hard to write um mm-hmm. you know and and things yeah, have always been slow but uh if anything i'd say 2020 the videos have been sticking to a more regular schedule albeit a very yeah, slow one so. yeah um there was i think there was a two or three month gap in 2019 but uh anyway now that I've started to realize that that's kind of the way I work i've started to try and corral sources of emotional distraction so um the directions i leaned into with the essay when i was trying to answer that question so what do i write about uh were the filmmaking and spike's character um the film ma- and i apologize jack i know that when we do these sections there's there's not always a ton for you to no no to by add all means, so man. um that's fine uh We'll figure out a more elegant way of doing this, maybe. It's
1: good. But
0: the uh, the filmmaking matched action uh, edits were an editing technique that uh, really first inspired me to be an editor. There was a, a Nike commercial that aired in 2002 when I was in college that my professor used to demonstrate to us what a matched action cut is. Um, I hadn't watched it until since college in around 2003, um, and it was actually made by Ridley Scott's film company, I, which I, I didn't oh. realize. Which uh, not by Ridley Scott himself, but yeah. um, I just I watched it before we recorded. I got chills. I showed it to you for the first time, and um, I have yeah, I, I have just loved that technique since. So seeing it used to such great effect uh, in this yeah. sequence. The other thing that's remarkable about this sequence is. I've seen it in a commercial with no dialogue mm-hmm. and I've seen it in mm-hmm. films where it's used once. Like right. in Minority Report, there's one match to action transition uh, where Anderton gets the, the mind wipe thing on him. And well, I put it in the video or when the ape throws the bone up in the air in 2001 and it cuts to a satellite or right. a, uh, um, a spaceship. But, to build a whole sequence out of multiple versions of them, I think is really astonishing. To use yeah, it so well think, narratively.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I think um, full full for love is probably the best ex- example I, I've seen of it. To, to be honest, like yeah. it's been done done well well a lot, but I don't know. There's something very special about it's, the way that that episode does that's, it. That's
0: that's why I say when it's when I say it's one of my favorite sequences of any movie or television show i mean it because it's very well done. the the not only the the degree to which i care about the characters but i've never seen a sequence constructed in quite that fashion where yeah. it's a flashback and modern times and it's um And they just fit so well together. Yeah,
1: it's so easy 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 to follow. It's not distracting or jarring or anything. It flows so well. Yeah,
0: it's it's incredible. Um and then the other one was Spike's character. The big moments for me were when uh Drusilla bites him. I I had not noticed until this video that she grabs his junk. Me neither. Yeah. Me neither. Yeah. (laughs) I
1: had no idea. She grabs his
0: junk. Uh, he's heartbroken and she kills him and he dies in a lot of pain. Ow, ow, ow. So he dies turned on, heartbroken, and in intense physical pain. Hmm. That explains Spike to a T. All three of those things are, um, you know, it's like, Oh, Spike's character. Of course. That's how that happened. Of course. Um, you know, Angel was drunk. I don't know. Um, so that was really cool cuz I thought that that moment explained so much about Sp- the way Spike works. Mm. Um I thought my uh uh explanation of the show's portrayal of love uh, was as clear as I've managed to make them. Um and one of the weird byproducts of doing the videos the way I do is like my thoughts kind of clarify as we go along. So take a little piece of an idea in season two and then refine it a little bit in three and so forth. Um, and I've never thought about... The, the My favorite part of the video, though, was the part from... Uh, Beauty and the Beasts. hmm because so uh well if you can't then love becomes your master and you're just its oh. dog right. I've always <laughs> hated that line
1: uh, I it's a bit on the nose it's it is a bit on the dog's
0: wet nose yeah uh L- literally uh, yeah it of. does it, it that's 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 the theme overcoming the fiction where it doesn't sound yeah. like something that character would yeah. say um, yeah. and where we've talked about um I, we talked in the patreon hangout which we missed you quite a bit I was busy. but we uh, we talked about where uh and this will be a part of the question later on but um shows that are so driven by theme often in my mind feel like they're for kids okay. uh, because it's like wow what did we learn today because the whole episode is about you know, if your neighbor tries to call you over, don't go over there, you know, or what, whatever it is. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. I guess that's met, that's not specifically themed, that's more... It's almost
1: a, like it's, it's trying to teach you something rather than just right. entertain you. And, and yeah.
0: Buffy doesn't, most of the time, doesn't do that. It walks that no. line where you could just watch the entire show for
1: entertainment for the plot for the drama for all of that certainly yeah and I I did the first time through and the horror elements yeah 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 Yeah. when I first started watching when I was like 10 11 years old I just thought it was cool because it was horror and it was funny and and, in my
0: mind that is the way things should be there's a high in my head there's a hierarchy to anything that I create and there's a hierarchy of priorities number one is to be entertaining not mm-hmm. to yeah. do Absolutely. all the academic-y kinds of things, but to make an entertaining piece of content. And so, in my mind, um, in order to get that proper balance, the show needs to have that as its focus. And that includes, you know, sort of a realistic portrayal of all the characters, side characters. So right. him saying, you're just its dog. Uh, it's like, okay, I get I get it.
1: Did did you guys see what what the episode is called? It's huh? Beauty and uh-huh. the Beast, uh-huh. and there's a
0: werewolf in it. You're just its yeah. dog. They're like wink, wink. I much, don't know much. why that worked okay earlier when he's like, you know, everybody's got problems, everyone's got demons, right? I love that bit, and she goes, "Tell me about it," uh, you know, because Buffy has actual demons and uh, the metaphorical demons, but that because people say that, people say. I've never heard anyone say love becomes your master and you're just its dog. It was, I don't know, it was just very weird. So my favorite part of this video was uh, the connection between love becomes its master and you're just its dog. And I may be loves bitch, but at least I'm man enough to admit it. Because now that line serves a purpose to me. In my head, I'm like, oh, there's a connection. The, everyone loves, I may be loves bitch. Um, And so I, I, for me, it was fun anyway. Kind of,
1: it's okay, okay. i get it,
0: <laughs> <Forget> it. <laughs> kind of tooting my own uh horn about that uh but there you go and the other thing that i'd never thought about until this episode was that absolutely what spike says might be bullshit um that buffy has a death wish and uh okay. so i was just I, I mean i was just kind of thinking like is there does she have uh a death wish. And the way I answered the question without touching on the gift is because season five echoes events in season one, mm-hmm. you know, but, by, uh, by the end of high school, you feel your, you have yourself somewhat figured out and then real life comes along and kicks your ass is the way, uh, Douglas Petrie, uh, phrased it, which is why the repetition of lessons and why an angel, the, there's, um, that, that uh, Angel Season Zero trilogy in Buffy, um, The Wish, Amends, and Gingerbread, which sets right. up the Camus uh, triplicate, triplet couplet. Anyway, and uh, but those three episodes, the lessons of those three episodes, reoccur multiple... That's epiphany, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know it's important to keep fighting. I've learned that from you. Am I a righteous man? Like, all of the the essence of angel's themes are in those three episodes but in a like you know in life things just hit you over the head over and over and over again and the pull of the the id the pull of impulse and this to seek comfort and to just say to everything uh and to just sort of regress um means that lo- those lessons are relevant many times over we never just learn a thing and we're done um, sure, exactly. yeah. so I answered it with Prophecy Girl did she Does it because Buffy went down into Face the Master knowing that she was going to die does that mean she had a death wish um, hmm. we'll get into more of that uh, in season 5 yeah. and so I thought well then where does his thing come from and I, uh, then it hit me I want to see how it ends
1: Oh, right and I, Oh,
0: okay. yeah. Spike the vampire who seeks out slayers. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh,
0: being killed made me feel alive for the very first time. He's yeah. the one with the, the the death wish built in. Right, um, and
1: that's that's the thing. If you're an immortal being, after like a hundred years or so, you're gonna get pretty tired, yeah. right?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, both shows ask, ask the question like, um, what does i i'm working on this with darla a little bit but what what relevance to life does death add um is it just cruelty and unfair or is does does the does mortality in some way inform meaning does is an endless existence meaningful can it be meaningful right. um okay. and and you know, so 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 Spike sort of be, being driven to seek or risk his own death in pursuit of meaningful experience suggests something for mortal beings. is all I'm, hmm. I'm going to say. Right. Uh, the other thing I've been consumed by this week, since we're talking about what we've gotten up to this week, destroyed mm-hmm. by... It's Destiny 2. <laughs> <laughs> Good
1: old Destiny 2. And we've been playing quite a bit. yeah. We, have, we were actually playing earlier today. How
0: did we get into this? What were we playing before? Destiny has erased my memory of
1: all other video games. So, <laughs> we were playing uh, Halo, because... Uh, uh, oh, and I, yeah. yeah, and you didn't we, know they were we both downloaded... Bungie? Sorry, what? You didn't know they were both Bungie? No, 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 I didn't know they, they were both uh, Bungie. I, I did have the original Halo on uh, Xbox, and I... I remember it being really good, and maybe it was really good in 2002, but <laughs> in, in 2020, it's it's it's. Look, I I was having fun with it, but that last level we that think, level holy
0: shit that level killed me.
1: Um, that that sucked the life out of me, and yeah, yeah.
0: So there's a, it, uh, it, I can't. I think it was level five or, or six, and some people who know Halo six, may think. know, but you land you have to you're outside you run in, and it was like copy paste copy paste yeah, it was literally copy, a copy paste.
1: paste like every room was was exactly the same yeah so you and you're running go across a bridge go into a building go go across another bridge just kept going
0: same bridge same room yeah. over and over yeah. and over again and it was the it, longest it, mission that we've done so far so yeah.
1: it took us like 40 minutes or something that's a long time <laughs> and I we failed that we more than died. once
0: We failed more than once, too. Uh, That was the one where we didn't realize that the co-op Master Chief Collection doesn't preserve uh, spawn points. It just starts the entire act over again. So we got more than halfway through it and then said, Hmm. well, let's play tomorrow and start it over again. And I said, do you want to play some Destiny? Because that burned me out. And Destiny is... Modern Halo. It's not really Halo, but you can feel the legacy of Halo in it.
1: You can tell that it was done by the same co- company that made um, Halo, the same studio. Like, yeah, you
0: can tell. So it's a, a looter shooter. S- yeah, space magic, science it's fiction,
1: a first-person shooter. Um, and yeah, it's 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 yeah.
0: I don't normally get hooked by hyper grindy games other than dota but you're not really grinding for anything in dota
1: and you're not a big uh first person shooter guy whereas i am like that's that's right right up my alley but i also love uh loot based stuff stuff as well i find it very addictive that's why i love uh the diablo series and and this kind of reminds me of diablo in that sense i
0: mean i beat diablo 3 but you're not really supposed to beat diablo 3 once yeah and, you yeah, know, supposed to go yeah, yeah you're supposed to go m- um, multiple times but i am my favorites
1: hooked. um my favorites diablo 2 i love diablo 2 yeah. and uh uh just quick, quick quickly i heard um blizzard is going to re- release a remaster sometime i heard it was coming this year i don't know if that's actually true or if it's actually going to uh ha- happen but Blizzard, please. I would I would buy 10 copies, please. <laughs> yeah, I don't... Uh, I don't know. So, uh,
0: I think I talked about this when I played Assassin's Creed. Uh, there are games that just feel like giant to-do lists. Yeah. Like they're... Uh, uh, Assassin's Creed is one of those. And I just get a little burned out and finish it. I Assassin's Creed, though. But for some reason, the groceries fetching the groceries in this game yeah. all the grocery lists i've just gotten hooked
1: i've been trying to fig- figure it out but i i just don't understand because it's they've just managed to even the uh grinding that made it entertaining somehow yeah. it's fun well the shooting um, is very satisfying Mm-hmm. Very. Um, uh, it, the movement is well. Well, if you're playing a warlock, the movement's very. Satisfying. The the vertic- the verticality of it is satisfying, and it has some mm-hmm. of the
0: most beautiful science fiction levels. It's it's gorgeous. So and I don't,
1: pretty. It's pretty go- gorgeous, especially for. Um, I don't think it's that uh, taxing of 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 a game either. Like it kind of is, but um, but it's not like it's not like a it's not like a flight flight sim 2020 or whatever yeah they
0: remind me of like old heavy metal magazines the uh okay. the 70s and 80s um mm-hmm. uh, comic book adult co- uh comic book monthly mm-hmm. um those like I can't think of the artists right now but I'm Picturing his work in my head, the okay. the um the spacescapes, the Princess of Mars kind of spacescapes, with guns and magic and um yeah. all of that. It's really pretty.
1: Um, they're... I think I can see a little bit of Halo in the level designs, a little bit. It's like, but just a better. Hate well, Halo, yeah, we were playing Halo, Halo One uh yeah. which came out in 2002 two so
0: almost 20 years it's ago. still and, a remarkable yeah. game it's still very yeah. satisfying we just hit that one level and i was like you want to play new halo yeah uh in yeah. space destiny and,
1: and we had had also played a little bit of De- destiny 2 previously um and so i was like sure let's go back to De- yeah. destiny 2 i said
0: that thing we'd take a break I did not yeah. expect it to sink its claws into me. Um, yeah. also it's free. I've put Yeah. before so I just bought the battle pass, but before I did that I put 25 hours into it.
1: I I put probably a little less but then yeah, I I also bought the pa- the, the battle pass yeah. for and the battle pass $15 dues.
0: 10 bucks uh yeah. in America dues and it's <laughs> uh yeah, I'm just very hooked um yeah and Um. i i I started playing it with a friend Mm. and uh who doesn't like first person shooters and even she was like wow this is really pretty and a lot of fun Mm. i was like yeah
1: yeah and you've been grinding hard Hard. well
0: they're doing a seasonal (laughs) event uh where uh you have so there's five armor slots helmet gloves chest feet four armor slots oh and then a belt belt. so yeah five yeah and for the seasonal event they gave you uh five pieces of armor and each piece of armor is a grocery list
1: yeah you
0: have to that you have uh, to fulfill objectives to level it up once you level and you can level it up four times and every time you level Mm -hmm. up the grocery lists reset yeah and so i've been like okay i guess i'll i guess i'll do this with my son when
1: uh ian says grocery list it's just a bunch of objectives like kill this many people get many get get this man many orbs and uh play play this multiplayer mode it's 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 pretty basic stuff but it's a lot yeah it's high Um,
0: speed art in the style of heavy metal meets uh halo being driven by a spreadsheet in the background (laughs) you know yeah (laughs) and and yeah, that um, sounds weird but it is i, I the a, a, a few times that we've been playing every time we play i'm like this is so relaxing
1: yeah it is you know even even when it's really hectic and really intense it still it's feels chill. so it's kind odd.
0: of relaxing yeah i i yeah. don't want to play doom i don't want to be all yeah. wound up and and uptight but just sitting there
1: i love doom but yeah, yeah.
0: well i'm not an fps guy just, so just yeah, sitting right. there blowing away you know hmm. uh, aliens
1: the the new doom has also got um a heavy metal soundtrack and I like that <laughs> yeah that would that would be a lot for me um
0: yeah. the other thing that that has been pairing kind of nicely or perfectly along with me is uh my new binge maybe you've heard of it it's called Buffy the Vampire Slayer.
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah, maybe I think so. There's this dude that makes videos of, about it. You should check him out. He's pretty. Good. I He's don't super, super
0: like talented. pretentious cucks. Um, did you? <laughs>
1: Sorry, you, <laughs> you made, made me choke on mortar. You
0: and I uh, tried to do a mutual rewatch last year and kind of petered yeah.
1: out. It fizzled out. I don't even know why. It just did. I think you um, got busy and I got ahead. And yeah. then I
0: just, I think I hit season Funnily four. Enough,
1: yeah, busy. Yeah. That's also why I haven't played a lot of uh, de- Destiny the, the last few days. Because I've just been flat out busy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, so I got to season, I think I got to season three or four the last time before I stopped. Anyway, I started on Friday and I mm. got to today's Monday. Hmm. I got to Beauty and the Beasts
1: what <laughs> yeah
0: I'm at a desk a lot all day and Sunday I did nothing but sit here and grind destiny and play um
1: yeah I I saw you online on De- destiny at like four o'clock in in the morning your your time
0: <laughs> yeah I was up till five that that wow. day before I went to bed uh yeah um, I, so I finished Gilmore Girls. I'm going to record a conversation with uh, Lonnie from Chipperish Media to talk about it, because mm-hmm. she has seen it and you have not. Um, yeah, uh, rather, I finished Gilmore Girls Asterix, which I will explain uh, uh, when Lonnie and I have that conversation. And Jack, the uh, it's so... Buffy is so comforting. Wow. Oh, it is, yeah. Watching Buffy not for work... <laughs> that might have been I what happened imagine, yeah. i may have caught up to where i was in the episode guides and then started yeah. feeling like i should be writing oh, i should be writing so we'll okay.
1: see when i get to season five in the binge well, i even notice the difference when i'm re-watching episodes for the pa- patreon hang- hang- hangouts i have a notepad open and i'm it, it's it, it's much it's it's more stressful i guess it's a little bit yeah tr- there's, it's less for yeah. joy and so, yeah, um, yeah. rewatching it's, it feels it. like I'm I'm back in school in in, in English doing a, an essay on the film or something. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. So rewatching it, I've been um, I I have weird mixed feelings. the The feeling of I wish that I could watch this for the first time, so that all the emotions were at their peak again so that it was as in- maximum engrossing as it was originally yeah. um that experience is gone you know and there's a mm. weird kind of like grief or frustration where you're like oh, i'll never i'll never feeling. get to enjoy this like, for the first time again
1: if there was one show that i could erase my memory of it would be buffy or possibly breaking bad but definitely buffy yeah
0: mine would be Next uh, ne- love to be able next to generation it for the first time Oh, yeah, uh, right. yeah. Next generation right. and Buffy, but on the other hand, uh, and I'm still feeling things. I mean, I stopped, like I mm-hmm. paused and put down the controller for Prophecy Girl, and uh, I could not watch Angel and Jealous be a dick to Buffy and in Supri- or innocence. The
1: that is that is hard. I the, couldn't the, watch the it. You got a lot to learn about the Batman kiddo. You, know, you were hard. you
0: were a pro. I knew you couldn't handle yeah. this. Oh. Yeah, I I couldn't watch. So I was just nope, skip. And that's the only part of it I've skipped. I watched Inca Mummy Girl. I enjoyed Inca Mummy Girl the most I've I have ever watching. Uh, I enjoyed season one way more than you I ever the, have.
1: You know the one and only episode I skip, and everybody hates me for it or gets angry about it. Which, <laughs> I just I don't I don't like which. I don't know why. It's, it's pretty it's not a bad dry. Episode. It is and it's just it's Freaky Friday in Buffy form. That's, yeah. that's all it is. There's well, nothing to it. Well, uh, I love the trophy. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah the yeah, trophy yeah, is yeah. is yeah. like
0: Twilight Zone levels of creepy and yeah. horrifying.
1: Yeah, but um, I can skip it big big because I know it happens and so when Oz is lo- looking yeah. at it and, and he's like, oh, this is nice follow you everywhere cool. I go.
0: I like it. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other weird, you know, the weird thing that uh the weird um, thing that episode holds is that it is in some way referenced in every season of the show. Mm-hmm. That's the weird claim to fame that that episode has is that in season four, Amy the Rat comes back briefly,
1: very briefly.
0: Um, I don't remember what the reference is in season five. Oh, well Willow has her as the rat. In season six, um, she figures out how to undo the spell, and in season seven, Amy comes back and
1: and causes trouble. Yeah,
0: so which has a uh, and the which bothered and bewildered in season two is the, the yeah, relevant point. There is a bit of a through line. There's there, a big I see. through line from which,
1: but but I just I don't know. I I find it boring. I'm just like I just want to get to the next one, yeah. please. Well, <laughs> I mean.
0: I think you can take that position on a lot of season
1: one. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, I just find that every time I say it on like a stream or whatever, a lot of people like, wait, you skip which? Why? And, yeah. I mean. That's okay. That's okay.
0: <laughs> when you just kind of like do what the, the rewatch that I'm doing, I've just kind of resigned myself to every episode. Playing every minute of every episode. I'm not skipping anything. Oh, wow. and so I wow. just for you, that's a big yeah. deal. <laughs> but I have Destiny open. The ADD open. brain. Uh, yeah, uh, Destiny open for the like uh, shoot, 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 shoot. So see, it gets you through some stuff.
1: See, I don't do that. If I'm watching a movie or a TV show, I'm 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 watching it. I'm not gonna have it on in the background. I'm not I'm not a background kind of guy. I have to
0: feed guy. the distraction um, addict part of my brain, and either I'm feeding but it with already the show you're playing a game yeah but destiny is like it requires no thought destiny okay. is all yeah. impulse and all my high yeah. level thought gets dedicated to the show but I need to feed see, both parts because otherwise see, I get I just, itchy
1: I just wouldn't be able to like focus I'd tune out and start paying attention to the show and then I'd, I'd die in the game I just I can't <laughs> I can't I can't do that I'm not yeah no yeah it's, You you and I are very different in that regard, my friend. Well,
0: the two emotions that I had, I wish that it was new. But I also, uh, that newness has been replaced by this deep sense of comfort that the show brings me. It is. Yeah. The first three seasons are high school nostalgia. Mm -hmm. uh, And then season four is that transition season. And then five, six, and seven, you can barely remember the high school seasons. At least I can't
1: yeah it's like a different show it's strange it's strange it does become a different show it really does
0: but when i'm in the high school seasons i'm like man i don't want to get to five six and seven but when i'm in five six and seven i'm like man the high school seasons were so cheesy or whatever like the (laughs) the
1: response is I um for me I find it comforting just because the show means so so much to, to to me I mean I do have a little bit of nostalgia associated with it because I mean I I, I started watching for the first time when I was like 11 10, 10 11 well, year, f- years old I didn't finish until I much later later on a couple of years ago uh six seven eight years ago now but, um, well for me
0: it's the yeah. the American high school experience is right, is right, is, right. is where I'm like I remember you know yeah, theater the high, and tests the high and... school
1: different um the the the, the uh, high, high school experience here is kind of different yeah to what you see in America that, I thought that might not be. not entirely but a little different well Jack what about you what have you been up to this week well I'm um, speaking of Buffy uh rewatches um my uh brother and I um I I think I've mentioned before how I'm taking my uh b- brother on his first journey through the Buffyverse and uh we watched three episodes uh just the other day and they were uh crush i was made to love you and then of course (laughs) the body and um so yeah i got i I got um on discord with my uh brother and we uh, were in a call and it's like do you want to watch buffy i'm like i the answer to that question is always yes so let's watch buffy (laughs) and so i saw where we are we're up we're up to i like oh dude dude dude. we have to watch three episodes okay please 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 three just it just trust me we have to watch three episodes he's like all right cool 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 and so we we, we get to the body well the, the the end of i was made to love you and My brother, that that was the only thing he was spoiled. Um, He had spoiled for uh, him was Joyce's death. He he had uh, kind of forgotten by the time we we got there. So he was a little surprised. Um, But yeah, so we got to the body. And I think I've also mentioned before how... My brother, he's he's a big soft teddy bear like me, but he's also very in, introverted, so he seems very stoic. He doesn't he doesn't he, he he's feeling things, but he won't typically show it. Sure. But uh pretty much uh from the moment uh Buffy breaks down with Giles, uh when Giles gets to turn the house, both he and I were just in tears and 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 like he cried for like pretty much the entire episode and it was it was kind of like um i don't know that's testament to the show's uh, power to make my uh, brother do to do that yeah no he's not a hard ass or anything he's just kind of stoic and a little well, very it's introverted well
0: so evocative it is yeah. so uh
1: and it's masterful the way it's done too. Yeah. like the lack of music and yeah yeah i mean um, just
0: artistically it's incredible but i mean yeah, it yeah. is it doesn't feel cheap ever it doesn't no. feel like a tearjerker it doesn't no. feel like it's it, There's it, the yeah. lack of music to pull it yeah. off is incredible because you can yeah. you can emotionally manipulate people with music so much yeah yeah uh so that it doesn't
1: um, it not doing that is yeah, a lot, and it is very artistic, but it doesn't cross the line into artsy fartsy ter- territory. If you know what I mean. Um.
0: um I mean, uh, first of all, I I don't artsy fartsy for me feels like uh, I don't
1: think it's necessarily a bad thing, but um. Well, no, yeah. uh,
0: to me uh, the 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 term artsy fartsy to me means uh alienating style with no heart. Right. Okay. Um, okay. uh, But I think that some people could apply that term to some of the stuff in the body, Mm -hmm. like the blurry uh, shot of the camera or the way they shoot the EMT guy by cutting off the top of his head. I think those all serve wonderful purposes and there is heart there, but I'm saying like a cynic could apply the term artsy fartsy to parts of the body
1: true um but to me that stuff and like uh the shot where buffy uh puts the the paper towel over vomit i right. see it's so so soak up to me the way i inter- interpret that stuff is like when you're in shock there are these like tiny weird d de- details sure. that stay with you and stick out to, to, to you on recollection of uh the the uh the the event i guess and um yeah so i don't i don't mind those shots and um, i don't i don't mind any of it i'm just saying like yeah
0: it is it is uh, parts of it to me feel like um i don't know if it reaches the the status of high art but it it, Mm -hmm. it, yeah it does reach the status Mm. of high art but because of that Mm -hmm. i think that you know a cynic could levy criticism at it and it would be like
1: okay yeah yeah Say you but, were uh, yeah. a fan
0: of the show and just watched the episode cold, it would be like,
1: you know, yeah. And it's funny. um I've seen that episode now, like probably like a dozen times because I've I've watched it one off. I think you, me, and Jess watched it one off one time, didn't we? I swear we did a while ago. It was a couple of years years ago now, and it was a big cry fest as well. Was that a night but, um, that Jess
0: and I would remember? probably not probably no. not yeah the, <laughs> no i don't remember but, that
1: but i i do recall that um but yeah so it starts i'm like hey this might be the first time i watch the uh body and i don't actually cry but no, no. no, no. <laughs> you don't watch the body and not cry Oh, that's especially if
0: you feasible. watch it in the run you know mm. um and so that's what we're doing yeah, it's interesting. Maybe I'll do uh, some live stream re-watches. Uh, mm. The last one I remember that, doing that be fun. was for the body.
2: Right. Uh, which yeah, was, whole, uh, which was
1: that, that was a heavy one. Wow. Yeah, that, yeah was, um,
0: uh, that was where the footage for uh, What the Body Means to Me came from, which yeah. is on the channel. Which, uh, yeah, it's I like funny, all of the, the videos in the What the X Means to Me series do pretty well, except for that one. And I think it's because people just don't, Want to go there? That was the whole reason I did that stream that night was because I was struggling to. Like, it's that that thing we come back to ...it's like, you know what? I'm in the mood to watch tonight. Schindler's mm. List.
1: Let's let's watch <laughs> Schindler's List. You know. See, I kind of do stuff like that though because it's kind of cathartic. It's 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 a release. I do that.
0: Yeah. There's just a difference for me. If I want that emotional mm. catharsis, I watch Becoming Part Two or The Gift. The body is different. That's a different is, level yeah. of
1: I mean, I wouldn't go to the body for it either, but I do sometimes seek out sad stuff just just because I want to have a cry or whatever, yeah. you know.
0: Yeah, becoming part two and and the gift, I think are emotional, but there's redemptive the redemptive aspects to it. There's heroism, mm-hmm. there's the body is just suffering. It's just
1: people yeah. suffering. Yeah. Yeah, for um, like forty minutes. Yeah, and as
0: much as it's personally resonant, especially if you've experienced a loss, mm-hmm. uh, making the choice to go and uh, invite something like that into your life, mm-hmm. um, you know, not the easiest choice sometimes. So I just that's my guess as for why that video doesn't done as well right. as the other ones, which I don't care about. Uh, I just think that's the data is interesting to me. You know. Yeah,
1: it is. It is. Yeah. But yeah, um my 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 brother in interestingly he said that uh the hardest scene for him to watch uh was uh Buffy telling uh Dawn at the school. Um
0: that's new. I've never heard that someone say that yeah, was the toughest scene. Yeah,
1: same. Like um I thought he would say, you know, like Anya. Anya's or the or big something. one. Yeah. Um, yeah. um but no, no, it was uh Dawn. Yeah. Huh. So, interesting um but yeah other than that i've uh, (laughs) i i i've had a very very stressful couple of days i know
0: why but why don't you tell the people (laughs) well we're recording very late at night partially because of the stressful couple of days
1: yeah i i was considering not talking about this pub publicly but (laughs) screw i'm going to anyway um so right now um I am dealing with an infestation of bedbugs. Yes. freaking bedbugs. Yes. Um, and yeah, I was, I was somewhat self-conscious and nervous about talking about it because, um, I guess I was worried about being like judged that people would be like, oh, you have bed, bedbugs, you must be dirty and whatnot. I'm not. Look, I i live in public housing i live in an apartment building in a ma- major city and unfortunately sometimes things like this are just inevitable and they they yeah. just happen
0: um, i remember reading about uh, a massive infestation of them in new york um mm-hmm. that you know they they don't care mm-hmm. you know uh, yeah,
1: exactly and like uh, my apartment is relatively clean for a single bachelor's pad. Um, you know, I do my laundry all all, all the time, but it, it just it just happens. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, it, it's just been a lot of work getting everything uh sorted sorted out and dealt, dealt with. Um, I've done probably close to f- fifteen hours work in two or three days, like physical, um, physical work. Um. Later in the week, I'm having an, an exterminator come in to uh, spray the apartment, but um, in, in order to get ready for that, I basically had to pack up the majority of my belongings and move, move them into storage, um, and um, ev- everything that's uh, made of fa- fa- fabric, I've had to uh, wash and uh, dry, um, and I've also had to throw away a lot of the stuff, but... Um, and in, you know, in some ways it has been a bit of a blessing because it forced me to do some spring spring cleaning but it, and and sort of some decluttering but it's just been a stressful night night I've been losing I, my freaking mind I've, uh,
0: I've I've dealt with infestations twice the first one mm-hmm. um, I was when I was uh, in high school I went back to Illinois for a summer and when I got home I uh, I went to bed that night, and I remember feeling kind of tickly. I was like, what the hell is... Ugh, it's just weird. Felt kind of itchy. Maybe I thought maybe I was dry. The Martins are a very dry clan. Uh, the next day, a friend came over, and he was sitting uh, in a papazon chair. This was the 90s, in my um, uh, bedroom, and he was looking up at the ceiling, and he said, dude, do you realize that... Are your ceilings covered in baby spiders? <laughs> and I look up at the ceiling and the ceiling is shimmering.
1: That is my literal hell. I hate uh, And I got up
0: close and thousands of uh, baby spiders are translucent. Thousands of baby spiders. Uh, an egg, while I was gone, had hatched over the summertime. And I looked down at my pillow that I had slept on that night. And it was covered in baby spiders. Oh, and they no. had been crawling all over my face Uh, well, that night that I was sleeping. And I freaked out. I tore everything out of the bedroom. I washed everything. I set off bug bombs. There's something about insect invasions that feel... Mm-hmm like uh, privacy violating I don't know how to describe yeah. it like they're they're it's invasive ho- it's and so it, it, invasive
1: it, and it feels gross it, it feels, feels really gross.
0: yeah I felt disgusted I showered yeah mm-hmm. I remember dealing with it with that and the other time was uh, I, I have cats or right now I have cat and they got fleas once mm-hmm. and she was just scratching and she was scratching and she was scratching and I was like what the hell's going on and I go over and, you know. You love when you're someone like me, single, and childless. You invest all of that love, in the tiny fuzzy animal. And course, so I pick yeah. up my child, Jack, my child, firm, baby, and you're I firm, and baby. I start brushing her hair and I pull, her hair aside so I can see, the pink skin underneath. And I see a little black dot crawl across into the thing of her fur. And I freaked out. I was just like, get off her! <laughs> and I ran and grabbed some shears and I started shearing her when I did. And I a clump, I, I sheared off a big clump of her fur right here and looked at it. And there were two fleas on it. And I threw it aside. And then I looked at what I had just done. And she looked like a lion because she had just the mane. <laughs> sitting out like this and she was just looking at me yeah. like what the hell are you doing man and I went <laughs> yeah like you okay that might have been an overreaction uh, Did you need me to call someone <laughs> yeah so I took her and had her dipped the other day but again it's that feeling of invasion
1: yeah we're
0: just like yeah. you have no right get off my kitty yeah
1: yeah um how I how I noticed was um I started getting what I thought were like rashes on my arm, I'd wake, wake up and I'm like, oh, there's all these itchy itchy dots here. What the hell the hell is this? No. I must be getting a rash. I should get some skin cream or something. And then I saw this weird bug crawling around, and I'm like, what the hell is that? That I've never seen anything like that in my life. What the hell is that? That's not a cockroach. That's not. <sighs> that's nothing I've ever I've ever seen in my life ever. And so I I I thought for 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 a second, I'm like. <gasps> What if it's a bed bug? So I googled, oh. "What does a bed bug look like?" And it was pretty much identical yeah. to what I saw, and and I had a meltdown. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: I get it, I get it, because you, you suddenly, I mean, you know, home is a sacred space, yeah, and to have it yeah. invaded is is and, horrendous.
1: And it's like, it just, it's such. I feel, I, I feel shameful about it, man. And, and, and you I shouldn't. shouldn't like, 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 um, when I told, told you, I, I told you that and I'm like, Oh, but I swear I'm not dirty. I swear. I, I, I look after myself and you're, you're just like, dude, it's okay. Calm down. Yeah, dude, it's, it's fine. It. And then you're like, I'm not ju- judging you. And I'm like, I'm judging myself. Yeah.
0: Now, if you had <laughs> yeah. like, well, I don't know. I don't want to, I, I was going to say something, but I, I don't want to offend anyone listening. Um, well, good luck with that. When is the yeah. guy coming over to spray?
1: Uh, Thursday. They they can come coming in, and everything's more or less done now. Like I'm I'm ready, um, and so all I've got to do is just uh, camp out in my apartment, uh, gorilla style. In uh, my apartment is practically empty, and so I just gotta wait it out. Uh, they're coming on th- Thursday, but then. They're doing a, a, a secondary spray um, the, the thir- Thursday after, and that's just to it's just to make sure they're all dead. Essentially, like yeah. the first spray should do the uh, job, but it's just to make sure, I guess. Um,
0: well, you figure there are eggs if eggs hatch yeah. in the intervening time.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, but then after that, I can move all my stuff back in, and I'm gonna rearrange things. Like I've got a desk that I've been meaning to. Um, uh, put, put my, my computer, my tel- television on so I can, uh, you've been bug, bugging me for ages about a second monitor. I should be able to do that now. So that's good. Um, yeah. Um, so it, it's just been stressful and I, I'm, I'm physically mentally exhausted, but it's done. And now it's just waning, I guess. Um, but yeah, another thing that I've been kind of, well, well not doing, but, um, for the last little while, I've been in a state of, shall we say, uh, reflection and con- contemplation. Okay. Um, so, let me get a little serious for a second. I, d- I don't want to drag things down, but let me be a little serious. Bed bugs um, are serious,
0: but go ahead.
1: Well, true, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I've dealt with uh, depression and ang- anxiety um, in varying de- degrees and frequencies since I was uh, a teenager. Um and about six or seven years ago now, um, I found myself in a really dark place. It things weren't good. I I wasn't well. Um, at that point, like my de- depression had kind of reached like a a, cri- a critical mass, shall we say? Um, and the symptoms started to manifest in really physical ways, and and it really like freaked me out. Um, I couldn't eat. And it's not that I was like starving myself. I'm not like, oh, I'm sad, so I'm not going to eat. I just had no, no appetite whatsoever. Um, And it would get to like midnight and I'd realize that I hadn't eaten all day and I would force myself to eat, eat some something. But after a couple of bites, I'd feel like physically ill and just want want to throw up. Um, I was sore all, all the time. My limbs and my back and my shoulders were constantly sore. Um, and I just, um, I, I couldn't sleep. Um, and even, even if I did manage to, to, to get a decent sleep, I was still exhausted. Um, and like, it got to the point where I, I thought there was something physically wrong, wrong with me. Like I thought there was, I had some sort of illness or sickness or something. Well, I mean, Um, depression
0: on that level does manifest physical,
1: uh, yeah yeah i didn't realize at the time yeah but yeah yeah it definitely does and after doing a bit of research i realized that it was just uh the the depression manifesting in physical ways like the um the muscle aches and stuff i think that's like going to do like you 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 can like it makes you tense and and so it yeah something like that um
0: also for me if i don't move enough um i get stiff and uh hmm depression destroys motivation yeah. and so yeah, i I, so. I when i was dealing with it i got aches and pains uh hmm. just from complete inactivity
1: yeah yeah and the, it, it's like it, it seems ir- illogical yeah. like some of the symptoms seem illogical because you're just like wait so like i feel sad and down but it's making me actually sick like what the hell um But anyway, so I went to see my GP and um, I told him everything that was uh, going on and he suggested that I go on a a medication. And now um, statistically speaking, um, I know this is a controversial uh, topic, medication and antidepressants, but statistically speaking, the most successful form of treatment is a combination of um, medication and therapy. Um, so to cut a long story short, for the last six or seven years, I've been on a, med- a medication called, uh, Mertazapine. My- um, it's marketed in the U.S. as ru- rumeron and I think here it's called Avanza. Um, it's, a, it's an SSRI, uh, which stands for Selective Serotonin Reuptake Inhibitor. And on a very basic level, what it does is it boosts the level of ser- serotonin in, in your brain to like a norm, normal level. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to I make very clear that it's not a happy drug. Um, it, it doesn't make you feel like you're walking on sun- sunshine and, and, and it's, it's not meant to. Um, all, all it does is sort of, it, it puts you on a level play, playing field so then you can start doing the work that you need to do to yeah. get better. Yeah, I, I was on start. an
0: SSRI after my, uh, ex, ex and I broke up, uh, early thirties. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah I, 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 I had a similar experience at the time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And so it just sort of, um, it puts you on a level playing field so you can start fighting back and, and, and doing all the things you need to do to be healthy. Um, yeah. But yeah, that was six, six, or seven years years ago now, and I'm still on it. And look, there's no real like time limit that you can say on these uh, kinds of drugs. Um, um, but well,
0: what's the uh, what's the uh, motivation right now? What do, what have you been thinking about in regards to?
1: Well, I've been thinking about um, stopping uh, or wean-, wean weaning off it because um, I. I feel as though like look it seems part of me feel feels like it's a it, it might be a bad time because you yeah, know COVID is going on, the world is in a bad place, thing things are scary and whatnot, well, but at the same time It's hmm? not an anti anxiety medication though, right? Oh it is though, it is. Yeah. Oh it is, it's, okay. It's, it's, yeah. Yes, yeah, sorry, I didn't mention that. It, it's an antidepressant slash anti anxiety. Okay. Yeah. So it does help help, help in that regard, but on the flip side i just kind of feel like i'm 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 ready you know um um and so like i haven't made made this a des- a decision yet but um
0: what do you think defines that space of ready i mean like if you had to sort of lay a finger on it it's like well how do you how how did you know
1: Well, I, I feel so much better within myself, but also like my life is just vastly different now. Um, I have better support systems. Um, I have better strategies and like part of my issue back then was my life was meaningless. I, I had nothing going for for me really. Like I was in a black hole of nothing. Um, and you know, like, um, I've, I've just got, so much more in my life now that I'm excited about. I have thing things to work towards. I've, I filled my week with, with stuff to uh, do. You know, mm-hmm. You know, I've got, I've got like maybe two days a week where I literally don't do anything. <sighs> Every other day I've got something go- going on and that's great. Like I, I, I love that. Um, but yeah, it's it just led to like a full re- reassessment of my mental and, and emotional state overall, and I don't know. I, I, I just feel like I'm 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 ready, but um, yeah, I haven't made a decision yet. Um, but if I do, um, I'll slowly uh, wean wean off it and. Just, uh, for any, anybody listening, if you're on a medication like this, do not stop abruptly. Like right. absolutely do not. That's, uh, you want to wean, wean off it. Cause if you are, don't you, you, can run into some pretty bad, uh, uh, side effects of going, uh, cold, cold Turkey, shall we say? Um, and yeah, um, I guess that's pretty much me late, lately. Um, I just want to finish by saying that anything I've said here should be taken purely, uh, anecdotal. Uh, um, yes. And it's not, uh, I, I'm not giving anyone advice about anything whatsoever. Um, if you're struggling with, with these kinds of things, please see your uh, doctor. As astute as we both look. Yes. And as pretty as we, we both are, a pretty face doesn't equal a wise brain. We,
0: yes, we are not doctors. Um, <laughs> all right, so let's go on to uh, what we've been watching. Or rather, mm-hmm. our list of shame. Um, this week, or rather, since we last talked... I think we're one of, we missed one on this list. But maybe not. So, the two movies we rolled were Good Morning Vietnam. Good Morning Vietnam. Which... Alright, so Good Morning Vietnam is... A, I don't... I, it was a very famous, very successful movie. So, I don't think there will be a lot of people who don't know what it is. Uh, mm-hmm. Filmed in 1987... The woefully inadequate uh, IMDb summary is in 1965, an unorthodox and irreverent DJ named Adrian Cronauer begins to shake things up when he's assigned to the U.S. Armed Services radio station in Vietnam. Movie stars Robin Williams and a very young Forest Whitaker and Bruno Kirby um, was directed by Barry Levinson who also directed Rain Man, The Natural, and Sleepers. For some reason, I remembered him as like a go-to 1990s director, but I think I'm confusing him with Barry Sonnenfeld, who did The uh, Men in Black, among others. Um, So, Robin Williams is a loosey-goosey d- DJ that broadcasts for an uptight army. Basically, some things uh, in the plot happen. I grew up this- watching this movie and remembered it. As hysterical and Robin, I
1: had an idea in my head of the same thing.
0: Robin Williams is still incredible. Um, yeah. I mean, his is just a different kind of it's so uh pointless at this point to try and describe the I talk about once in a lifetime completely unique. Yeah, character and ability and all of that mm-hmm. he's just you know sort of effortlessly charismatic with endless amounts of energy and all of that um and this i think this was his breakout movie he had done um one or two other movies before but this is the one that kind of um uh transformed him into actor among stand-up comedy or tv star which was what he'd been doing at that time okay but I still prefer the later stuff like Goodwill Hunting or Insomnia. I think he did non-manic characters uh, wonderfully. And um, when Adrian Cronauer is not on the radio, he's sort of that contained...
1: Yeah, he's most subdued.
0: Subdued, thoughtful, to me more interesting character. I mean, if I want to, uh, okay. you know... But some of the comedy has not aged particularly well, and it's um, it's the 80s doing the 60s in the 2020s, it is when we're, when, yeah. when we're talking about the jokes. Um, yeah. Good Morning Vietnam is as old today as Guys and Dolls and Rebel Without a Cause wa- were when it aired, when uh, it was first made. Wow. Yeah, so like perspective on time passing and culture moving along and all of that is sometimes difficult, especially when you grew up through uh, the era of a particular movie. You know, um, things date, things age. And this is one of the newest movies we've watched that I felt had dated. Do you know what I mean when I say that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. Yeah, yeah. I so I've got the
1: same same vibe from it.
0: Self-evidently, Spartacus has has dated and aged, but mm. you still try and look for the experience. There's there's um, it's kind of like watching camp. There's a certain amount of theater that you sort of expect that you have to sort of yeah enjoy for it being cute or dated or whatever. Yeah, <clears throat>
1: and you have to be a bit more lenient with it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. Um, and I
0: started to feel that about the humor in this one where I was like, you know, there were some blind jokes and some short people Mm -hmm. jokes and some gay jokes and all of that that were driven by his energy, Mm -hmm. but not necessarily... I believe anything can be fodder for humor and anything should be fodder for humor, but the success of the joke... Uh, uh, you know, the higher or more significant the um, challenge level of the material, the more you really need to nail and stick the landing. And in the 80s, that was less so with those kinds of topics uh, where it was just sort Mm -hmm. of going in that territory uh, was shocking or funny uh, and sort of naturally charismatic and interesting. But now it's just kind of like you know, there was. I think there was a joke like, "Who's driving the Jeep?" Stevie Wonder kind of thing, but it was Robin Williams saying that. Mm-hmm. And you, so, of course, yes, I, I, that's me explaining or killing a joke, and I realize removing context, context is everything uh, to humor. So I don't know. I, I just sort of found it. It still has. It's still very entertaining. There's still a bunch of stuff in it I really enjoy, and and whatever is coming out of his mouth, I think Robin Williams is still, um, he's one of the few celebrity deaths this, that actually really shook me up uh, yeah, at the time because uh, his work is so, I mean, it has such a big place uh, and he's such a uh, a unique and specific and sort of one-off performer, entertainer. Yeah. yeah. Um, one one in a million. Yeah. so I was I was bummed that you know mm. in in whatever minor way that it had dated and started to feel sort of of an era that no longer we that we're no longer in anymore um, mm-hmm. I was like ah that sucks. But the other thing was I, I I'd never noticed the plot before. Yeah. his performance really overshadows or dominates all of the plot elements you're just waiting for him to be mm. back on the radio. Yeah. Um, to really enjoy it, but if you take away those scenes and just witness the plot, it's, it's, yeah. it's not that it's not that great. <laughs> I agree. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. There's not there's nothing to it. Yeah.
0: Um, the uh, when I was doing a little bit of research, uh, the the other thing that I I oddly enjoyed, and I mentioned this a couple times while we were watching, was the performance of his uh, boss, uh, Sergeant Major Dickerson. Uh, which I just got the name, which is pretty... Yeah, yeah. I, like, that, the way I that, just that said That has it. to be intentional. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, It's played by J.T. Walsh, who... I was really taken by how good the performance was. He was kind of effortlessly a dick, you know? Yeah, yeah he was mean, and, it,
1: and he was believably mean. It
0: felt utterly convincing, and it was a mm-hmm. wonderful foil contrast to robin williams joy at the microphone i've never watched the movie and gotten that from it before but i was just kind of impressed by jt walsh and i looked him up he's one of those guys you've seen him in a few good men he was the mayor in pleasantville um and i didn't realize he died in 1998 and i found a quote about him by andrew johnston that i thought was really interesting jt walsh is invariably referred to as a character actor who specialized in villains But that description doesn't quite do justice to what he did. The typical Walsh character was a plot device, really, serving either as a moral counterpoint to the star of the show, or as a Niago-like figure egging on the hero a way likely to lead to the protagonist's downfall. These characters were often self-important authority figures defending the American establishment from the individualism represented by the movie's heroes or crooks who thrived by exploiting the hypocrisy of the system. Walsh Walsh didn't just make a career of playing bad guys. His performances offered a sort of running commentary on the power structure of American society.
1: Wow, that's quite the tribute. Yeah,
0: I thought that was great. And what an interesting... Especially for a character actor, uh, for someone, you know, uh, for a Richard Jenkins type who plays, who tended to play bad guys. Um, but the more I thought about the things that I've seen him in as the mayor or uh, an admiral in uh, A Few Good Men and, and so forth, the more I, I, I felt that was really uh, kind of apt and interesting. So that was my viewing of uh, um, Good Morning Vietnam. Pretty good, and I was sort of like, oh, you can't go, can't go home again.
1: What about you? Uh, well, yeah. Um, as you kind of uh, t- t- touched on, uh, Robin Williams gives a hell of a p- performance. Um, great. Um, yeah, I-, I miss that man so much. There's there's a lot of uh, funny co- comedians in in this world, but I can only think think of a few that I would describe as a comedic ge- genius and. Robin Williams was, uh, one of them. And the only other one I can think of would be, uh, Jim, Jim, Jim Carrey. Um, but yeah, I, I had seen this sometime in my youth and, but it, but it was such, such a long time ago that seeing it now was like seeing it for, for the first time. I, I remembered nothing except for good morning Vietnam. Um, yeah, that's the icon. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, by the end of it, I just felt kind of unfulfilled, I guess. Um, Narratively speaking, it just doesn't have a lot going going for it, and it's kind of bare, bare bones and basic. And a lot of the plot is either just weak or not fleshed out. Um, like the the romance subplot between uh, Adrian and and the Vietnamese woman. Yeah, wait, um, where I there's there is it.
0: no relationship. The uh, mm. uh, she can't speak English. They go on one date. The the the, the love relationship of the movie is his relationship with the girl's brother, mm-hmm. right? That's the friendship. That's the love relationship that yeah, we become attached to. That was to.
1: much more believable. Yeah, much more believable. It,
0: it was developed. Yeah. They are both fully fleshed out characters. They both mm-hmm. do things for each other. There's conflict, all of that. That should have been the final goodbye in at the end of the movie when he uh, yeah. leaves Vietnam. Instead... Yeah uh the girl shows up and they have had barely any dialogue they have no chemistry they had a they had a charming cute kind of date scene where she brings her family sure. but there was just no there was no catharsis necessary for that relationship um so yeah it was just a it it felt like a late 80s kind of paint by number script with a remarkable yeah. entertainer in it um, exactly. A very 11 yeah. the 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 direction is solid. I love uh all of I mean Bruno Kirby, JT Walsh, um, mm-hmm. uh Forrest Whitaker. The actors are all uh were were great. It's it, but the script, when I say paint by numbers, I mean the script just felt and here's it where was, the the this scene goes and here's where this scene
1: goes. Very very basic, very very basic. Um yeah. But yeah, um yeah, Robin Williams gives give, a great performance and he was very en- entertaining. And at least for me, he was pretty much the, the best uh, um, part, part of the film, really. Yeah. But, I mean, it's Robin Williams. But yeah, um, afterwards, to satisfy my own nerdy uh, curiosity, I decided to look up uh, the real Adrian cronau because this is based on a true story. So um, it says. and, and
0: it, Sorry, what? It, so it says. It was based on a true what? story in that there was an 80-hour kind of. and there was yeah. a war called Vietnam.
1: Yes, exactly. Or a war yeah. in Vietnam um, rather. Yeah. But uh he sadly passed away in 2018, but um I stumbled on a real re- recording of his ra- Raiding the Earth show in in Vietnam. Oh, did you? I was yeah, yeah, and I was so surprised by how much it actually reminded me of Robin w- w- Williams' performance. I That's know. That's very surprising. Yeah, like, I don't know if he was able to to uh, listen to some of the re- recordings to, to get ready. Um, it, it just had the same kind of, like, energy and whatnot. Um, but it was only, only a small clip I found, yeah. too. So, yeah. Um, but I also um, found um, a video of the real Adrian Cronauer talking at an event. And um, he at the event uh, he gave a speech and he more or less said that um the yeah the film was 99% nonsense um pretty much the only accurate part of it was that uh, he did teach english as as a language but he didn't teach his students uh swear words yeah. and, and new york slang and all all that stuff um yeah no he 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 wasn't um um, um uh, send sent away uh, he he served his his uh, tour tour of duty and then he got an honorable discharge. Um, the the thing where where they're driving in the in, in the jeep and they hit in a land landmine and then they 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 have to hide from the Viet Cong. All of that like none, none of it happened really. Um, but yeah, like it's overall, I I don't think it's a bad film. No, it's, it's not bad at lacking. all.
0: It it just. You know, if if I made a list of 80s comedy classics, uh, that might have been... You know, you start with Ghostbusters, I think, and work from there. But that might have been one of the ones that kind of came into mind. Uh, But I don't know if it's as timeless as... Ghostbusters is timeless. I have watched it since. uh, Without a doubt. Yeah um i think back to the future holds up pretty well i know some people doubt yeah uh uh have problems with part of it i think that it, uh that one has aged but good uh good morning vietnam raged a bit faster than than those have been is all i'm saying yeah,
1: it, it just didn't feel like a, co- a complete or co- compelling narrative in and something very, very 80s about the uh, plot and just how it all takes place. And I can't quite explain it other than to say that it's very 80s. There's also a
0: high volume of montages.
1: Yeah, yeah. Which Which is a very 80s thing as well. Well,
0: you know, the military montage in a war film is a... Go to staple kind of thing, but I I think there were four or five of them, uh, mm-hmm. in this. And of course, it's because they had all of this footage of Robin Williams improving, and yeah. so of course you do your bread and butter yeah. staple. But you know, unfortunately, I uh, you know have been doing critical watches of things now for six years and that's become hopefully a switch that I'll be able to turn off but doesn't always shut off and so just sort of looking at the construction of it I was kind of struck by it's a lot of montages without a lot of plot moving things forward
1: yeah yeah Yeah, but uh Robin Williams was just brilliant uh with with his improv um from what I've heard um his role in the um in Aladdin as the uh, G- genie was all improv like yeah. um i think like there was a script but he improved so much that they just used all all the improv instead, instead of the script yeah. um anyway the next film that we uh, watched and unless you have more no. more to add my, my my friend okay well next film we watched was the outsiders from 1983 uh, directed by Francis Ford Coppola and starring an ensemble cast of Patrick Swayze, Rob Lowe, Tom Cruise, and Ralph Macchio, and we have been forewarned before going into this one that it was not a good movie. Um, we were definitely warned, um, <laughs> but I still had some glimmer inside of me that that thought there would be something. I don't know, like I I thought it might have some kind of style or aesthetic to in enjoy given the setting and the whole uh Greases thing and whatnot. Um so it was another movie from the 80s about
0: the 60s. Yes,
1: yes, yeah. yes. Oh, I forgot to I forgot to add the uh the um the uh 1983. Yeah, uh nine, 1983 and basically it's about a group of uh uh greaser there's a greaser gang and they go to war against another gang The and Socias. one of them dies yeah the soshes and and one of them dies and then um the the one who uh uh, uh commits the, the murder runs away with his brother and it's 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 a whole thing
0: <laughs> yeah a big part of the movie takes place in a church with them hiding out and then there's a big yeah, gang then, fight at the end of the movie
1: yeah um and
0: then i forgot how it ends
1: they come back and there's a, there's a weird, um, there's, there's, there's a weird, um, fadey, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, cross dissolvey kind of, (laughs) uh, it's strange. Um, and there's a weird zoom right at the end as well. Um, but the, the, the thing that's, uh, stood out to me though, the most was there was such a massive disconnect between the visuals, like what was happening on, on screen and the sound soundtrack in the background, um, like typically a song or or a score should elevate what is happening on on, on screen or like complement it in some way. Um, but the ma- ma- the majority of the music um, just didn't make sense uh, in in that regard and felt very out of, out, of, out of place, right?
0: Yeah. So we watched the director's cut version of the film because you mm-hmm. cannot watch the original theatrical cut in 1080 you can't watch the original theatrical cut in hd so the director's Mm -hmm. cut of the outsiders features 22 new minutes of footage Mm -hmm. and um so it was directed by francis ford coppola and francis ford coppola went in and changed a bunch of the music in the film from the score from the guy who did the godfather soundtrack (laughs) i'll say that again He changed the score (laughs) of the guy who did the godfather soundtrack to insert instead the sort of beboppy uh 1960s completely inappropriate for most of the contexts
1: it was so out of place and i remember while while we were were watching i was like all of these songs sound like they belong on some 1960s film about surfing or the beach or
0: like a um, lot of them
1: yeah, and and they all sounded like the same song too, yeah. more or less. Even though I'm sure they they were different, but they sounded like the same song, and I felt like I felt like I should be watching an, an episode of like Hawaii Five Zero or something. Like it was it was very very. So strange.
0: the movie's opening theme was a Stevie Wonder song from 1983, and I felt that it like it was horribly dated. It mm-hmm. felt. Uh, I mean, Stevie Wonder went through several different er- eras. His 80s era is very specific. Uh, it, 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 there were strings. I, I don't know. It, it did not sound appropriate to th- the time and place in movies. So I went and listened mm-hmm. to the soundtrack on Spotify, the original soundtrack for uh, The Outsiders, and it's great. The original mm-hmm. soundtrack is a score... Okay. You know I've a traditional to to score, and it's great. Okay. Yeah. S- now it's become this <laughs> so, utterly like, surreal, exhausting. What? <laughs> what the hell
1: happened? I don't like, know. Like, like it got so ridiculous that by the end we were making making jokes and laughing. Yeah, about during it death and,
0: scenes and. Yeah.
1: And. Funnily enough, like, because of that, I think this is is the most fun that we have had. (laughs) Because it turned into just a, 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 like, hilarious, like, session of shitting on this terrible film. Yeah, it's it's a rare time
0: when all of us ended up on the same page of, this is not good.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, But even, like, the ensemble cast was disappointing, too, because... I, I thought it might at least be interesting to see, you know, a bunch of these super famous a- actors when they were uh, young. You know, Tom Cruise and Patrick Swayze and all of that. Uh, but, um,
0: Tom Cruise, Patrick Swayze, Rob Lowe, Ralph Macchio. Mac- Macchio. Machu- um, yeah. And uh, uh, what's his name? The oh, I forgot to write his
1: name down so so matt no, Dillon. I apologize uh, uh matt Dillon, yeah. of course how can we forget matt Dillon? oh terrible do it for, but, do um, it for johnny jack <laughs> do <it> for johnny <laughs> johnny yeah uh but tom cruise was barely in it and when he was he was so extra he was so extra um yeah i think it's his first role it
0: was most yeah. of their first roles they were all in yeah. uh, i think Rob Lowe said he was so 17.
1: Wow! Okay. When they made
0: the movie, yeah, he and Tom
1: Cruise. Yeah, um, Patrick Swayze had a bit more screen screen time, but not much. Um, I think the actors with the most screen time were Ralph Macchio and uh, uh, Rob, Rob Lowe, which isn't a bad thing. Um, most most films tip, typically focus on one or two uh, char- characters, but I, I was just bummed that I didn't get to see a full range of, of these under actors and yeah. to see what they could have done it's, in their young years.
0: Uh, uh, there's no one like Marlowe. Is this the face that launched a thousand <laughs> ships and burnt the topless towers of Ilium? Like, are uh, the outsiders launched a thousand careers?
1: Yeah. This, yeah,
0: it is. From some people thing. that have shaped uh, yeah. uh, movies as we know them. Uh, yeah. So you know that, and that was the reason to watch it. I know it's not; it, it wasn't a famous yeah. movie for. Yeah. Um, Tom yeah, Tom was it. in it. uh yeah. Sophia Coppola was in it. You know, it, yeah. it's an astonishing collection of talent. Yeah. For, I I think if we had watched the theatrical version that didn't have that soundtrack in there. Yeah, I, that
1: might have been a bit better. I think it
0: would have been an average eighties movie. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, with an yeah. an astonishing exactly. collection of talent.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, it was just it was just so so um like just
0: <sighs> uh, I was just flashing on how they took every opportunity to for them to be topless and and often <laughs> True. wet you know there are yeah. rain sequences there are shower There's sequences that
1: scene where they were all sweaty and I'm like why are they sweaty <laughs> like everybody had sweat dripping off them and I'm like why what
0: yeah and why? we we were watching with friends and we were like oh that's why they're sweaty it's not for <laughs> us jack
1: <laughs> yeah it's not for us it's for the ladies um but yeah, I was I was surprised that it was a Coppola film, um, since he's such a, a famous big big name in well, Hollywood. Well, he's kind of um, like
0: George Lucas, where they, yeah. they he made <laughs> super iconic movies in a very specific period of time, and then you looked up his IMDb page after, and it's like, wow, yeah, he, he made a lot of nothing <laughs> after that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like there's some there's some gems gems in there, of course, like the, the Godfather and whatnot, but. His, yeah, his filmography is all over the place and full of a couple of hits, but a lot of misses, or just films that no one's ever ever heard of yeah. that just flew under the rain, Um But yeah, I mean, on, on the bright side, like I said, I think it's uh, one of the most fun experiences that we've had sure. watching a film. It's just not for the right reasons because we had fun sh- shitting on it. But yeah. Um, well, the other I would still rather watch it again ten times than watch uh, Lawrence of Arabia once. <laughs> I I think Lawrence
0: is it's prettier. I think I would rather watch Lawrence, but that's the beauty. Really? Yeah, that's the beauty of this. Really, especially if we really? did it the way our friends suggested to watch it in two parts. So uh, to yeah. not watch it in one continuous one, I think I would uh, enjoy yeah. the experience quite a bit more. You can we recuperate
1: we made a big mistake yeah. there boy yeah <laughs> um but yeah so what did you think of it
0: uh yeah everything we said the other thing that was weird was the script the uh the movie was based on a book mm-hmm. and the movie has sequences where You feel like okay this is the this is the meaning this is the scene. So, um, you know, it's a movie. Uh, up until that point, it feels a movie like a movie about culture and characters and so forth. And then there's a scene where two boys are standing on a hill to, in a sunset, and there's long, continuous shots of one of them as he res- recites Robert Frost's "Nothing Gold Can Stay." Or uh, uh,
1: "Stay Gold, Pony Boy." Yeah,
0: <laughs> or uh, "Nothing Gold." Uh, that's not the right name for the poem. Um, okay. But you just feel it's so heavy-handed. Mm. Um, and then that poem, of course, shows up later on. And then you have the on-screen monta- visual montage collection of a, a character that died telling another character to stay stay strong and stay gold. and yeah (laughs) and it was so i felt the weight of the conversion from the novel where some of those scenes may have worked well in a book uh but were okay not converted to film in a way that favors films strengths Mm -hmm. you know what i mean i think a conversion like that is difficult um so yeah. Also, uh, I can now only see Matt Dillon as the serial killer from the house that Jack built. <laughs> have you watched that?
1: Uh, no, but I mean, I I know of it, but but no, I haven't. It's from seen it. the
0: the director of Funny Games.
1: Funny Games. I don't think, oh,
0: think I've seen that. Oh, okay. Uh, Does note, that have to go on the uh, list? Note to our audience: I'm not recommending you watch either of them. They're sickening films. <laughs> Um, <laughs> so, right up
1: my alley then. <laughs> yeah.
0: He's also the director. He was also the detective in There's Something About Mary.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah I remember. That. I started to like that, her. Yeah. That film, I love it. It's stupid, but it's so good. Yeah. I love it.
0: Um, so speaking of detectives ja- and serial killers, uh, we also f- watched the Hannibal season two finale. <sighs> So we should do a Hannibal catch-up, and we'll do one at the end of season three.
1: Oh,
0: now, dude. are we spoiling?
1: I don't know. I don't. We, I don't think we...
0: Hannibal's popular enough that we should spoil. I think I, that.
1: I, mm, I think yeah. if we have
0: the conversation without spoilers, it would be better.
1: Okay. Okay. Sure. So, sure. Um... but
0: a couple of weeks before we watched it, you and I had a conversation where I talked about. We talked about the end of certain shows or or mm-hmm. scenes in shows that made me sick. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, or client climaxes and whatnot. Yeah,
0: so uh, I think we all know how Game of the first uh, season of Game of Thrones ends, mm-hmm. right? Um, Your old Edard stuff. Yeah, poor Eddard. and the um. Uh, there is a season of Dexter, season four of Dexter, that has a. <sighs> Uh, uh, a sickening horrible ending and then
1: oh the finale of Dexter season 4 yeah
0: and then sort of the finale of the show itself and we started getting into a conversation mm-hmm. about and you you took my point of view to be that um, I didn't like an unhappy ending
1: yeah I interpreted it as um, you were saying this makes me feel feel gross and icky so I don't like, like it and my point was sometimes art is meant to do that and that doesn't mean it's bad art yeah
0: which was not my point (laughs) Uh, uh, no it wasn't i was misinterpreting what what you my point was like if you go to a certain place uh, if you take your audience to a certain place unless you're in the horror genre you really need to earn that place Mm -hmm. um and i felt like Game of Thrones is an example of a show that did. The end of season one of Game of Thrones earns that. It drives all of the characters for the rest of the series. It mm-hmm. is such a significant moment for explaining how the universe of the show works. And there were hints along the way that he never said the good guys were going to come out always going to come out on top. The direwolves were an example. There was lots of foreshadowing along the way to. Um, to hint at so it was set up i felt like it was completely uh set yeah. set up we had an argument about the end of dexter season four i hate that ending yeah. uh I and it. i feel like that yeah. is an example of shock over substance um uh that's a different conversation really yeah which we yeah. yeah that one we might not want to spoil
1: we should have, have that conversation on the podcast we yeah someday.
0: we could do that sometime um yeah and then we talked about the end of dexter and i talked about how you, by and large your audience is moral your audience has a moral center your audience believes that they're good mm-hmm. and so mo- part of the reason i felt like that ending was unsatisfying was because it didn't it didn't have a, a moral compass past a certain point, so we're it, talking about the, the end, end of the Dexter end of the series, right? The end of yeah. The, yeah, yeah, the the very end of, of Dexter. So, mm-hmm. uh, like to me, the end of the show that was set up from the beginning was Dexter gets caught. That was the I, ending, the payoff that should have happened. Everyone knew that's who he what was. I
1: wanted. Yeah, Th- that's what I wanted. I I thought he either should have gotten caught or he should have died. There should have been some res- resolution there, as opposed to him going to the middle of the woods and becoming a lumberjack bit because there was such a focus on he can't control his dark passenger there, so.
0: there was a focus on, uh, on he can't be the real him mm. around other people so he can't yeah. be honest yeah. Yeah. and the morality so. of what he was doing is it is it moral is it whatever and there's that juxtaposition between he and the rest of the characters
1: yeah and so the audience with with the ending is left to think oh well dexter's still out there in the wilderness somewhere killing people and that's not a satisfying resolution no it doesn't
0: yeah none of the things that it set up uh pay off
1: at the end Mm. at at the end of the show yeah the reason why I would have loved to um, seen him caught is that I would have loved him, like like to to see all all of his friends' re- re- reactions to finding out that he is the Bay Harbor but- Butcher. That wouldn't would have been such a amazing like ah. Oh, well, just and it com- completes
0: that. his arc. He gets to be himself yeah, does. around everyone, yeah. and and sort of the yeah. moral ambiguity that the show sets up of is this right or is this wrong. Is addressed because uh, justice is is
1: served to him, you know. And like he is, he is portrayed as like an anti-hero in a way. So yeah. I found that after a certain point, that didn't hold up anymore. He was yeah, no longer yeah. an.
0: Anti- he just had killed too many people to be considered an anti-hero. That or Miami was uh, like uh baltimore in Hannibal was infested with an unreal amount of terrible people
1: he still for the most part only killed uh other killers though i mean there were a couple of innocent quote unquote (sighs) innocent people killed but i don't think it ever completely did away with that but um but that's the thing is look at the equivocating you
0: just did I know <laughs> there were a co- oh just a couple of innocent people like well, that's the only the one I can think of that the show had is, after too many seasons
1: is when um the only one I can think think of is at the end of C- season four he run, runs away for a little while and goes a a wall and then he kills a dude with with the hatchet and then comes back and everything's normal again like. Yeah. Again, I think the show reached a climax in in season season four, a, a great climax, and it was just never as good after that. Okay. Yeah, and I hated I that.
0: I for me, it was a downward slide after season two. But we're talking about But, yeah,
1: all, but I'm sure. Hang on. Okay. One, one thing right. I'm sure you you can agree that John Lith- Lithgow was amazing his sure. Infinity. Right. I enjoy, well, I mean, it's John great. Lithgow
0: was amazing in anything. Um,
1: well, that's true. Yeah. 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 But Hannibal. Yeah. Yeah we should talk talk about that. So,
0: um yeah, so we're going to go non-spoiler yeah, for the finale of Hannibal. Um which is going to make the the conversation a little bit more difficult, but I have... so I um try not to build stuff... Up. You, you try not to build stuff up when you share stuff mm. with people. I don't tell people yeah. like... I say, Oh, I think you'd really enjoy Buffy. I don't say Buffy's mm-hmm. the greatest show or one of the greatest shows I've ever seen and it's going to change your life. All of that exists as potential for Buffy. Yeah. But, you know, you expectations have such a dramatic effect on mm-hmm. people's experiences of anything. Food, uh, a show, a movie, whatever. How did I describe uh, the season two finale to you? Of that,
1: you you said it was the greatest finale you've ever seen of anything, and <laughs> I was like, "Oh, you're really hyping it up, buddy. And I, I, I said, "Yeah." I'm I'm pretty sure I straight up said, "Oh, I, I I think you're 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 hyping up too much. That nothing is going to 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 live up to what you're you're hyping here and." Boy, was I wrong when I said that! <laughs> oh, I was. in I still haven't re- recovered, and then it's been like a week all longer. Um, I had to wait uh, a
0: year and a half. So it it ends on a cliffhanger, and it
1: doesn't kind of a cliffhanger kind of you you don't see where certain people end up is what i will say Yeah,
0: if the show ended where it did i think you could make an argument for it still being a satisfying series finale if a challenging one but in the same way that dexter Mm. uh, way better than the end of dexter or um uh Actually, I think any of these that we're talking about, I think you could make an argument that uh, the way season two ends would have fit the show the way it was set up.
1: Yeah, but I just think um, if 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 it was going to be the uh, the absolute end, we would need to see just a tiny bit more of what happens to these characters. A tiny bit. Yeah, so I can't spoil about, so here. you
0: need is you. You're not saying that you would change
1: the outcome,
0: but you would want a little bit of closure on... Exactly, a little bit of closure,
1: because as as it stands, it's still a little bit open-ended in terms of what happens to certain people. They left themselves
0: open. Uh, The show was always at risk because it's such a weird time slot. The way I understand... We talked about it before, but the way I understand it is uh, someone at NBC, a high-up executive, was a fan, and so kept greenlighting the show when it wasn't justifiable uh, by way of the audience that it had, especially because it aired after ten o'clock on uh, NBC. Um, so that's why it got as much room as it did. Um, but yeah, so so they created an ending where it was unsure whether or not the show was going to come back, and it would have worked either way. And I think it's a very it's very. Interesting. How successful uh, you can make an argument for it, either way. And it is a miserable ending.
1: I, I'm not exaggerating here when I say that I haven't been this devastated since the Red Wedding. Speaking of Game of Thrones, yeah, I was, I was Red Wedding levels of devastated, and. I can't go into spoilers here, obviously, but what I will say is that, like... I mean, I didn't put... I, you don't like Hannibal because of who he, he, he is, right? Of course, you, you, don't, no, lie, you don't like him. Yeah. You know, it's but so hard me... to explain. But yeah, go ahead. But, yeah, well, well, no, he's amazing and charming and all yeah, of those engrossing, other things. Engrossing, engrossing. You don't like him because you know he's the bad guy. But this made me hate him with a burning passion. <sighs> I hate him now. I hate him.
0: I think that um, I think that was my initial reaction. I think that was my reaction the first time I watched the show, where I was like, no.
1: Yeah, I was. There's a Did one of the said...
0: characters. Uh, is on the floor and realizes uh, what's about to happen before we do, mm-hmm. and we, we we rewatched the the last ten minutes of the episode, and he goes, "Oh yeah. no, no, no," and you feel that yeah. sickness and devastation yeah. of, <sighs> well, yeah. is that is that 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 that? I mean, it's a sickness. You feel sick. Yeah, uh, yeah. At and the you thing.
1: saw how how affected I I was. Like, yeah. when when we were watching, I was so emotive and like oh, like in just like complete shock in so many parts. Like it, it, it was a hell of a ride, man. And so, uh, why is it amazing?
0: We've just described every, everything. We've just described sounds like a traumatic, terrible experience. Why is it amazing?
1: Because. It all makes narrative sense, and it's all kind of wrapped up in a pretty little bow. Kind of, um, it's yeah. Well, yes, and it's satisfying. It's satisfying. It's very satisfying. Um, that fa- even though it's god awful. Yeah, it
0: it's it's brutally shocking, mm-hmm. but it is so satisfying in a strange way where everything is sort yeah. of outed. And everything, um, the characters in the circle sort of under, have a clarity and understanding uh, mm-hmm. that that you've been waiting for to that point in the series. Yeah. But there's also it's beautifully shot. Mm-hmm. I've never seen such ugly, grotesque
1: things made Even to be that... so beautiful. Even that scene, like I'm minor, minor, minor spoiler, but where Hannibal steps out into the rain, like holy shit! Yes, that was, that, that was a beautiful shot. Yeah, the um, and there was another shot where you see rain raindrops come, coming down and they t- turn into blood. Gordon there's a there's
0: shot. a falling sequence in glass that is incredible. Yeah. There are, they use slow motion to show the inner life of uh, a character in a particular moment. That is incredible. The acting is
1: incredible. Hmm. Um, but I even um, I even liked how um, the first episode of this se- season opens with showing you a snippet of of the fin- fin- finale. So, so it's so exciting when you see how that whole how that whole thing comes to fruition yeah. and and uh, takes take, takes place. Yeah, yeah. And there's a scene
0: between two of the characters while. Horrible grisly things are happening. And the scene should not have the emotional intimacy. You
1: talking Will and um well, Alana? I, uh, no.
0: I'm uh no. I'm talking about in the last 10, 10 minutes of the episode. There's Oh, yeah. oh There's a okay, scene yeah. between two of the characters where grisly horrible things are happening. But it's so intimate. And so
1: it—it's it, like—it's it, it, intimate but devastating. It
0: could—it's it, almost like one of them is heartbroken, and, and 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 is taking him to taking the other one to task about it in the midst of this awfulness, and it
1: should not work. And there was there was like a, a tenderness about it. And, yes, and it was and it was loving yeah there's a, a it, it's way. romantic
0: and loving and intimate
1: yeah. and grisly and horrifying and
0: disgusting especially with how that scene ends and too, it like, Holy should shit. not work but it works oh,
1: yeah
0: it works it's so yeah. bizarre how mm. i don't know if the show has desensitized you at that but to the to the violence at that point or whatever it is <laughs> but there's yeah. such a an intimacy in the moment where there's sort of betrayal and there's uh yeah. honesty and there's uh whatever so and one of them cries spoilers. after yeah. doing
1: something horrendous and you feel it so yeah and, and <gasps> did, didn't you say that you actually didn't notice that that, that person cried i didn't until, until, until we watched it and i went oh yeah. my
0: god yeah and it made,
1: made it so much more powerful yeah. right yes yeah.
0: him being the one in the scene that cried Mm. It is even more that sort of cognitive dissonance to the action that's actually occurring, mm. but it's so powerful and works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, it is a bizarre
1: show. I'm really glad you introduced me to it, big, because it's kind of. This this show has got me written all over it. It's totally totally my 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 bag. Yeah, this I is, love this is this is
0: the most I've enjoyed it. I I used to think that season two jumped the shark, um, okay. and then got to that finale, and I really enjoyed it.
1: But this it's, time through, it's over the top in parts. It this is. This time
0: through, I think you have to find a way to live with the -the over-the-topness it's it's sort of like its own form of camp i keep getting back to that in this conversation but like the 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 um the events reach a level of theater that it becomes sort of operatic in nature right you know we talked about the last time where it's like wow there's a lot of really ar- like artistic a, serial killers in Baltimore but if you start yeah. think it, uh, relating to it as sort of opera or its own yeah. genre I mean,
1: yeah and specifically the the uh, drama ha- has uh, has an operatic uh, quality to it yeah I mean obviously um, the
0: visuals are are stunning yeah. but they um, very, very artsy yes um, that you know the the we we watched a there's a scene where two characters are having sex and two other characters are having sex. Oh yeah and the then in their the, the scene is edited so that in their imaginations you see them interacting with each other in bed mm-hmm. and yeah. and touching each other and kissing each other and, and all of that because they're both thinking about other people yeah. uh, during these sex scenes and the the level of artistry that must have gone into mm. that sequence to cut to know where to film this person should, at this angle you know wasn't there even a couple of match
1: cuts in, in there yeah probably speaking, speaking match cuts but
0: yeah. um that that you know one minute sequence must have been
1: storyboarded to mm. the hilt. It prob- probably took a long time to film yeah too.
0: and and just thinking yeah. about the 22 episode season in fool for love and the functional uh um, setup shot wide shot one two one two move to the next scene there's so little of that in Hannibal I mean you can't you can't every every scene of dialogue between two characters cannot be a constantly reinvented artistic um, composition because you will ultimately fatigue your audience it's right, it's yeah. why fool for love is remarkable because it uses that very flashy editing technique um uh, without it feeling cheap or flashy it just feels, mm-hmm. um, it feels energetic flows. and flows and yeah. it's really beautiful um so yeah, it's not that 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 Hannibal is devoid of that, but the the mm. time it takes to storyboard and compose something like a film, uh, mm. in a season of a show, um, you know, it's surprised. I suppose it's it's an argument for the twelve episode season, you know, because yeah. you can you can spend more time on visual composition and and more budget on an individual mm. episode rather than spreading that over twenty two, right. But, but I don't but know. Yeah,
1: um, yeah. But yeah, there's so many times watching it where I've I've said out loud, wow, yeah, that's so over the top, but I don't care. Like, because yeah. everything else is just so good. And something being over the top is in no way an, an argument for saying that it's bad, because it's not bad by any means. It's just, it just, It's just over the top, you know? Yeah, Um, yeah. there's
0: a word for it that is not springing to mind. It's not gaudy, um, because gaudy has a a connotation to it. um, Or garish, but um, I don't know. I don't know, it's very interesting. I'm glad you're enjoying it. We'll report back Mm. in when we finish the series.
1: We certainly will.
0: Um, I think, given where we're at... I'm going to go ahead and uh, save the viewer question for next time. Mm -hmm. We uh, went a little bit long uh, today for...
1: Wow, this has been a long one, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, So before... uh, So, yeah, we'll do... um, There's a fun question about um, theme in television that I wanted to um, share with you. But uh, we'll get to that next time. So before we get to the fanfic reading, I just want to let you know that I'm at Ian Nitram on Twitter.
1: And I am at lack of Surprise one on Twitter. That's uh, all one word. with the number one at the end.
0: And uh, it's YouTube.com slash ThePassionOfTheNerd. If you'd like to support the channel and keep us flush with Destiny, Silver, and Exterminator fees, you can do so at Patreon.com slash PassionOfTheNerd. With the $5 and Up Club, you can join us in the Hangout in one month to talk about Buffy versus Dracula uh, and the Angel episode Judgment. We're starting Season 5, 2, uh, which I'm excited by. We're going to pass me um, at some point where I am in the episode yeah, guides. So, it's w- coming. Which will be interesting. It's, <laughs> it is coming. Um, by the way, the replay uh, is up for the Hangout discussion for last week where we did Part 2 of Restless. It's in the... If you look on the channel main page under playlists, uh, there's one called Patreon Readings. The discussions always expand my mind about the show, but this time especially, Wonder came up with a fan theory about the Cheese Man. Oh, really? That blew us all away.
1: I'm going to have to it was go and check that out. So then.
0: good. Um, <laughs> the discussion went almost four hours. So it's a, it's a very, very long, uh, discussion, oh. but, um, yeah, I
1: was, I was, I was busy pulling my apartment apart. <laughs> yeah. It
0: was a long discussion. Um,
1: but, mm-hmm. um, I think, uh, wa- worth it.
0: Uh, they always bring up such wonderful ideas that I, I'd, uh, that really mm-hmm. turn
1: the prism on the show for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also support us by grabbing yourself something from the online store over at over at passion of the uh, T shirts, hoodies, mugs, phone cases, all the stuff you'd expect to find in an online merch store. We need to make some new stuff. Um, we do. We've, we've been talking about that for a long while. Yeah.
0: And if you're an Amazon Prime member, you may not realize it, but you can support me for free by using your monthly Amazon Prime Twitch subscription at slash the passion of the nerd. But if you use Twitch uh, for people who actually stream, uh, I recommend that you save it and use it for them. All right, let's go to the fanfic reading now. Here is Gone, Uh, Terry Boda, Chapter 29. Are you going to be able to do this? Buffy asked as she and Spike walked to the mansion. He set his jaw tight and took a deep breath. I'll do what I have to do. Even if it means killing Drusilla, I'd rather it not come to that. He admitted she stopped and gave him an... she stopped and gave him an angry glare. It irritated him. He told her about Drew and sought her help. What more did she want? What he demanded? You don't want her dead, of course, I don't want her dead. She's my bloody sire and my dark princess for a hundred years. Need I remind you that you sought my help because she was a big hoe? He scowled. I remember very well, Slayer, and I remember her leaving me twice until I left for good. I was faithful to her till the end, till she tossed me away for not being what she wanted me to be. Her anger faded to sadness and recrimination, and he knew she was thinking of Riley. I get that. "'Speaking of exes, whatever happened to Harmony?' she asked, changing the subject. "'Packed her off to L.A. a couple days ago. "'She'd come back back from a shopping spree over that way, "'and I decided it was best for her to get lost with all the trouble with Glory hanging about. "'Bin's too stupid to not let something spill, so I boxed her up, stuff, and sent her off.' "'It hadn't actually happened quite so caustically or as cruel as he made it sound.' In actuality, he sat her down and explained to her that he couldn't love her because his heart belonged to another. He allowed her to think that he was still in love with Drusilla and did nothing to correct her assumptions. They'd made love again, slowly, one last time. And the first time he had taken her without anger or fantasy in his heart, she'd cried afterwards and he had shed a tear or two she hadn't tried to stay. He saw her off the night before dawn stopped by to visit him, her many piles of clothes stuffed in two burgeoning suitcases he had stolen from the mall. She'd kissed him goodbye, told him she loved him, and that if he could ever let go of Drew, he would know where to look for her. Then she was gone, and he was alone, but that was probably for the best. He came out of his memory to see Buffy glaring at him. "'What did I do now?' "'You don't treat your women very well, do you, Spike?' "'Bloody hell, I don't. "'I gave Drew everything she ever wanted. "'I was her slave for a hundred years,' he snapped back. "'And Harmony? "'She loved you, and you kicked her into the curb. "'I remember what you did to her during the whole Gem of Amara fiasco.' "'He flinched and gritted his teeth. "'Harmony was a mistake. "'I admit it. "'Drew had left me again. "'I was weak, and she was there.' I was wrong to think I could love her, and she—he stopped, a sudden realization hitting him—and stared at Buffy like a deer caught in the head- headlights. She knows, she knows I love her. Oh bloody hell! You heard your mum and I talking the other night, didn't you? He said. She looked away, her lips pursed, and he knew that she had balls. I suppose the you know will tell me. That I am a soulless and evil thing, incapable of real feelings, he accused. He saw her choosing her words carefully, and when she spoke it, was with forced calmness. Giles has told me that you admitted to loving me while you were under the truth spell, she said, making him flinch and curse Giles. That means that whatever you think you feel, you believe it to be true. She looked at him, her face resolved. But Spike, you have to know that whatever you think you feel can't be real, bollocks. She drew herself up, facing him. Demons can't love. They don't have souls. Both Angel and Giles have told me so. He snarled. And if Watcher and Great Poof say it, then it must be true, is that it? News flash, Slayer. Demons can love. We can love quite well. Your problem is that if it's that... "'If that's true, then Angelus could have loved you after he lost his precious soul. "'What you don't realize is that he did, and that was why he hated you so much. "'Love was and has always been a weakness for Angelus. "'You made him feel it, and he couldn't handle that. "'That was Angelus's problem, not a demon one. "'Now, me, on the other hand, I've always been love's bitch, and I'm not afraid to admit it.' "'He advanced on her, and she looked alarmed for a moment, so he stopped. "'I love you.' Slayer I know I love you I know it's wrong and everything against everything we both are but I can't help how I feel she shook her head parroting back what she had been taught demons can't love bollocks and you know it I love you I love you so much it chokes me seeing you in pain and knowing I don't have the right to comfort you "'wanting so badly to touch you and knowing I can't, "'that I'm not allowed, except in what little crumbs you toss me. "'This is hell for me every day.' "'Fine, then leave. "'No one's making you stay,' she snapped. "'He scowled at her, eyes flashing yellow. "'No, I won't leave you. "'Won't be like all those other wankers that left you "'and made you feel like you were unworthy of love. "'You may not love me. "'You may never love me.' But I don't walk out on the ones I love. I protect them with everything I've got. She looked at him, and he knew she was recalling the words and promise she had overheard him make to Joyce. And Mom and Dawn were just being nice to them to get into my good graces. He recoiled, offended. Hell no. Like your mom and Niblet, they're family to me. Wouldn't hurt a hair on their heads, even if I didn't have this bloody chip in my brain. He stopped and they stared at each other, both reeling and breathing hard, until he looked away. Rupert and Scooby's a family, too. Right now Drew has one of them. We've got bigger problems than what's going on between you and me, Slayer. Let's deal with the most urgent things first, shall we? Neither of us is going anywhere and we can deal with all this stuff later. She stared at him a little bit longer, then her shoulders dropped and she nodded. "'Okay. Deal. For now, let's go rescue Giles. "'But we'll have to talk about it eventually, Spike.' "'He sighed and agreed, following her as she marched off. "'Don't I know it.' "'Drusilla was true to her word and did not use any of the toys on the bed upon him. "'She did keep him tied, however, trussed to the chair with barely enough room to breathe.' He bided the time by using some meditation techniques and mental conditioning exercises in preparation for doing battle with Drusilla. Knowing she had raided his mind before gave him extra incentive to protect himself from her psychic attacks. He was busy focusing all his attention on a single spot of dirt on the rug when movement in his peripheral vision distracted him. At first, he thought it was Drusilla coming back into the room, but then realized that it had approached from the wrong direction. His senses were tingling, and he tensed. Then something touched his back lightly. He jumped and gasped, but a cool hand covered his mouth to muffle the noise. It's okay, watcher. It's me. Spike's voice whispered in his ear, and the hand was pulled away. Oh, thank God. Spike Drusilla's here. He whispered back. I know, came the reply from behind him as he heard the sound of ropes being cut. Is Buffy with you? Yeah. We split up when we came in. Where's Drew? I don't know. But she left the room about an hour ago and hasn't been back since, he replied, pulling his now free arms forward and working his hands to return the circulation to the numb limbs. He he saw Spike take a glance at the bed, saw the shoulders tense and the faint shudder run through the vampire's body. Did she hurt you? Spike asked softly. Oddly, no. Spike gave a tight nod. Can you stand? He felt his legs and wiggled his toes, grimacing at the pain as they came back to life. I'll be able to in a minute. Don't know if we have that much time, Watcher. Well, I'm doing my best here, Spike snorted. Might have to carry you out if it comes to it. Over my dead body, he snipped back, rubbing his calves. That can be arranged, Watcher. Drew comes back. We gotta bugger out of here and fast. "'Too late, my William,' came Drew's voice from the doorway, and they both froze. Turning their heads as one, they faced the vampiress standing by the entrance. She was glassy-eyed and flush, and she held a bloody chef's knife in her hands. "'Oh, good Lord, Buffy!' Looking over at Spike, he saw an expression of horror that he was certain was on his own face. Spike moved so that he was standing between him and Drusilla, and Giles could barely see the vampires from around Spike's body. Drusilla, darling, Spike began, but was cut off by Drusilla's gasp of disbelief. No, 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 it's all wrong. All wrong burning crickets in your head, Drusilla cried, her eyes going crazed and wild. Drew, Spike tried again, but she wasn't listening. It's not true. It's not. It's not too late. I can cut it out. Giles had rarely seen a vampire move with the true speed that they were capable of, but he saw the blur that was Drusilla's streak towards them. Spike barely had enough time to move further between them before she had him within reach. She grabbed Spike with one hand and literally threw him on the bed. He landed on top of several of the weapons she had gathered there, and his legs kicked off a mace and two daggers. Both vampires let twin screams out as Drusilla straddled her prone child and stabbed him in the chest cut it out cut it out swirling nasties behind your eyes what have you done to my william barely able to stand he rose to his feet horrified as drusilla continued to repeatedly stab spike while he howled in agony she can see my soul and she's trying to cut it out reaching a shaky hand to grab the fallen mace he swung with all his strength and slammed drusilla in the skull She let out a shriek and collapsed as the blow knocked her from the bed and sent her crashing into the wall. Spike! Giles gasped, dropping the mace and staggering to look at him. Blood was splattered all over the bed and the vampire's shirt was slashed to ribbons, much like his chest. But he was still undead and conscious. Pain-filled eyes looked at him from the contorted demon face. Find Buffy, the vampire ordered through his gasps of anguish. I'm here! Buffy said as he turned his head to see the Slayer standing in the doorway, one hand holding a bleeding cut on her upper arm, while the other held a stake at the ready. "'Buffy!' he cried, joy and relief flooding into him. "'Where's Drusilla?' she demanded. He pointed to the crumpled body on the floor, and Buffy moved in for the kill. "'No!' he heard Spike beg. The vampire was trying to sit up, one hand reaching out in supplication. Buffy paused, her eyes growing wide at the sight of him. "'No, please, I-, I don't care what you do to her, "'chain her up and toss her in the cargo hold of a slow boat to China, "'or whatever, but please, don't kill her, please.' He'd never seen Spike plead for anything, but the open grief on the vampire's face was heartbreaking. Buffy lowered her stake and made a tentative step towards the bed. "'What happened?' "'Drusilla trying to cut out Spike's, uh, heart,' he explained, hedging just a bit. "'Spike gave him a grateful look and slumped back to the mattress, drained. "'He lost consciousness a moment later. "'Geez, talk about a bad hack job,' Buffy breathed. "'I hope that wasn't his favorite shirt.' "'He gave her a look that spoke of the inappropriateness of her humor, "'and she had the decency to look contrite. "'Is it safe to move him?' she asked. "'He nodded. "'My guess is that if we use one of the velvet curtains as a gurney, "'it should be all right.' We just have to get him outside. Mom said she was calling Xander before we left to come here. He should be here soon. Giles acknowledged her answer as he reached for one of the dusty curtains tugging on it. Buffy reached past him, yanking the curtain and the wooden rod down with one pull. She gave him a guilty look back, but he just smiled at her. Then they worked together to wrap Spike in the heavy fabric, grimacing at the amount of blood the vampire had lost. "'We should contain Drusilla. There's no telling when she will awaken,' he warned. Buffy agreed and trust the unconscious vampirus in two sets of her own chains. When they were ready, Buffy picked Spike up and carried him towards the exit. "'Buffy, do you—' "'Nah, I got him. For a dead guy, he's not that much dead weight,' she replied, trying to make a joke, but the humor didn't make it to her her eyes. "'I'll come back in for the nut job.' He gave a strained nod and followed her as they made their way outside to wait for Xander to arrive.
1: Jack. Ian.
0: What are you up to this week?
1: Uh well as usual um I'm working on the Patreon uh, bonus videos um with every with everything going on uh the last few few days I haven't had any time to work on any anything um I we've we've, we've even missed our, our movie, movie nights cuz I haven't uh, been available um but come th- Thursday I'll be getting back into the groove of things um I also want to try and get some work done on my debut vi- video that I've been planning for years now, like literally years. I mean, debut video. I've I've done a lot of editing for like Ian and a few other things, but this will be like my own thing. Um, but yeah, other than that, I'll just be trying to keep my sanity together and camping out in my mostly empty apartment until uh, I can. Uh, get everything back in and set up, and uh, yeah, what about you, bro- brother, what are you up to? Uh,
0: working on the Darla script, now that Fool for Love is out of the way, I've also picked up the novel, which I got, I don't know, 15, 20,000 words on before I, I shelved it to uh, get through Fool for Love. Read a, uh, a bit of it today, and just to kind of get back into it, I was like, oh, I like A lot of this. Uh, There's some fun ideas. There's a lot of ideas in it that um, I'm enjoying. So I'm happy to pick that up again. And some of the other resolutions I need to do as well, weight loss, diet, exercise, yada, yada, yada. Um, I think that's it for this week. Thank you, everyone. We appreciate you. Please take care of yourselves. Take a deep breath. Relax. Everything is going to be
1: alright. Will it? They sure? I hope so. Uh, but how will it be okay and all right, Ian? How? I don't know. It's a mystery. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks, guys. <laughs>